be 100 fucking episodes anticlimactic of this horseshit. Yeah, it should have been louder. Hit the theme music. That's the one thing I'm I'm kind of sad that we had to uh, unplug the uh, fucking Apple TV. Anyway. Yeah, they can plug it back in. Welcome, dear listener reader. Hello. To 100 goddamn episodes of this goddamn show. That's Is that really believable, Daniel? Can you believe it? 100 episodes. 100 hour to two hour Yeah, we, we there's over 100 hours of you and I talking about fucking nonsense and books. Yeah, nonsense and books. Oh, here, cheers me, bro. Mostly, oh yeah. Yeah, that very underwhelming I pop sound drink, right? was me being very careful about popping a champagne bottle. That's right. It's brut. It looked like the thing came Mastrovia. up pretty clearly. Russian. To 100 years. More of Slow Readers, uh, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast, brought to you by mm. Top Gallant Radio. Yes, it's a show about books. It's a show about beaks. It's a show about reading. It's a show about reeks. It's a show about long-standing fantasy series. It's a show about Reed Richards. It's a show about Reed Richards, the thing. Yes. I may have had a stroke for a brief moment yeah, there. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I thought you meant the Adams Family. I'm like... Was, it, was that guy's name Reed Richards? Um, which one? No. First off, that's the not thing the thing. It's is, just thing. is Ben Grimm. Yeah, the thing is that. Mm-hmm. Thing ben is Grimm. the hand from uh, mm-hmm. Adam's family. Yeah, it is uh, Billy Elliot. Get your shit straight. Fuck Although, you. I don't know anything about fucking superheroes. I know fucking Adam's family. Sure. All right. You know those movies were directed by Barry Sonnenfeld? Yeah, you know, they were a huge success, but the first one is especially a very difficult production. Yeah. I literally, last week, wikied the Emma's Family movies. Uh, I heard... You know the original it? ending had it be that Uncle Fester was not, in fact, the real Uncle Fester? Which would have been... Yeah, that, I mean, that would have been made... pretty weird. Because um, don't get me wrong, like, I, I don't really remember the stories of those ones. I do remember, as a kid, feeling that the first movie was a little too dark, or, like, a little too serious... Yeah. Because, like, Uncle Fester, played by... Uh, Christopher Fester, Lloyd. Played by Christopher the Lloyd. The legendary Christopher Lloyd. Um, star of Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I remember something about how, like, the plot was that he's not the real uncle, but he's pretending to be the uncle. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, because he but looks... it turns out acts... he's the real uncle. Yeah. Um, so, and, like... Second one's better. Being, as a, as a kid, just thinking, like, what the... What? Mm-hmm. Literally, as a child, being like, what the fuck is this what horse is this? shit? What is this nonsense? Bring me my Joan Cusack. Damn straight. If you didn't think I was that lazy with my vocabulary as a kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got another thing coming I'm not to you. Malibu Barbie. I'm Ballerina Barbie. Oof, that's so bubbly. Yeah, honestly, this is this is a sweeter brood. I thought, I thought it was going to be drier than this. It's, it's bubbly. And, yeah, it gets in your mouth and turns to bubbles. Yeah. Um, Daniel, d- who was your very first celebrity crush? Uh, Daniel Gonzalez, co-host of the show. Oh, yeah. Who was your first celebrity crush? We'll, we'll introduce if yourself If the answer is anything other than Christina Ricci or Madonna, you're wrong. Um, oh, that's actually a good question. Who's the other one? Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Because those were, those were my two. My my little boy boners were uh-huh. all about Christina Ricci and Madonna. I don't think, well, I was going to say like, well, I think Madonna was too sexualized for me to have a crush on, but I was like, no, the unfortunate thing is What's I think, happening? I think as a child, my, what, this is so disappointing and depressing to think about, but like my first like celebrity, it wasn't a crush, it was mm-hmm. more like that celebrity boner kind of thing. It was Joan Didion. It was Pam Anderson. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, she was, and it's kind of, we talked about this before, no, I think on Sex and mm-hmm. Violence, about like how like there's no real. Yeah, our old uh, movie podcast. Yeah. The, the movie podcast Gabriel did with uh, Dear uh, Magnificent Ryan's, Bastard, Ryan uh, Snyder. Snyder. 
um, who I almost legitimately, just for old time's sake, almost called Ryan Singer. Singer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, we talk about how like there's no sex uh, uh, icons today in the way that it used to be. Yeah, that's fair. Like you know, because like you could say like, well, there's there's you know Nicki Minaj. Uh, Katy Perry. But they're also known for their talent in addition to their looks. They're also not. They're also not actors as well. Like that's true. Wh- whereas, they're like Pam Anderson. I mean, Nicki uh, well, Minaj was in Barbershop. I was gonna say Madonna. Madonna's a singer. Um, but like and an actress and an actress. Yeah, Dick Tracy, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no. This is the show where we talk about sex icons in mm-hmm. film. Uh, nothing yeah. else. <laughs> oh. uh, Gabriel, we should introduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am your usual co-host, Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, Daniel. Uh, I am an audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of note. That's true. <laughs> You've had a wonderful new release to come out, and yes. also, um, you had a, you had a. Did you have another book review, or is that a review of our show? Uh, wait, we do have a, a review of the show. Didn't we? Did I dream that? Maybe. I mean. Well, oh, we're I trying had... to get you to read the review. And... No, no, sorry. We got, a, we got a letter from someone about last week's episode that we should read on air. Yeah. But that's not about your work. That's about Alita. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm sorry. Yeah, when yeah. you mean letter, you mean an, an Instagram yeah. comment. I woke <laughs> but... up this morning at thinking it was Monday, and I started getting dressed, being like, fuck, Daniel, why didn't you wake me up? I think I have an appointment today. Oh, God, I have a job interview. And then in my confusion, it was Sunday. Wait, was that a, that was a dream, or you were just confused? I was very confused. Oh, Gabriel drinking in his sleep again. Probably. Uh, Gabriel, did you introduce yourself? No. Okay, Gabriel, introduce yourself, please. Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. Oh. My first celebrity crushes once again are Christina Ricci and Madonna, and that's all you need to know about me. Okay. Just kidding. I am also a comedian sometimes and a writer sometimes, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a co-host of this show for a hundred episodes. Isn't 100, that fucking crazy? Hundred fucking episodes. That's pretty crazy, man. Um. Did you ever, I think there was like one or two episodes where you weren't the co-host. I think because. I oh, yeah. I think there was an episode where I did it with Ryan and Sean. That's true, I actually, yeah. I think. No, that's definitely true. Okay. Uh, so, like, out of out of all of them, you were, you were in 98 or 99. 98 or 99. Something like that. Whoops. Uh, and there was one episode where it was, I wasn't there, and you mm-hmm. were just talking to an empty closet. Yeah. There were like, there were like pauses mm-hmm. in your speech because you were talking to someone no one else can hear. So you ask a question, and then there would be silence for like five minutes with you going, Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also I, mm-hmm. I put like like a bunch of different songs like uh like the weird science theme on loop over it so it was just an episode of like me being like yeah so my thoughts are weird science <laughs> and they said signs like mm-hmm. the movie signs weird science I thought, said, I thought you said weird signs I as said in weird like science like weird by Oingo Boingo about signs so like essentially John Hills. I was thinking like you were playing the theme music from signs no from weird science the Mel Gibson uh 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 Joaquin Phoenix no the movie starring Anthony Michael Hall and Kelly LeBrock would have been cooler if it was signs in the movie did I ever tell you about my idea to make a spec script of a remake of that where it's sexy where it's where it's not sexy it's um teenage girls in modern day and they conjure Ryan Gosling. Don't steal that; it's mine. I mean, hey, there. You uh, uh, wait. Was that in the thing? Yeah, no. I have a lot of spec script ideas, Daniel. It's just like a general reverse thing. You you admit? Did you see the trailer for Little? Um. Yeah. Before. Looks funny. Okay. It was playing before because we saw uh, us yesterday, Mm -hmm. and they played the trailer for Little, and I was just like, "Where did this come from? I didn't know this was a thing." Yeah. Um. The girl who plays the main, who plays young Regina Hall, she pitched that movie. That's her movie idea. Seriously. Yeah. Well, good for her. Yeah. Was her was her her big thing being like it's big but gender reversed? Yeah. 
Good for her. And starring Issa Rae. She's a she's a millionaire. She's a cool cat. Um. Yeah. No, I didn't know it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Also, because I was thinking like, oh, I, I didn't realize that it was like Big until I think they referenced the movie Big and the thing, and then the movie's called Little, and I was just like, what the what what what? Yep. Okay. But, yeah. And there's no but there's no vending machine. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Welcome to Wizard School <laughs> Part Three. Welcome to Banging on the Table by Accident Part One Hundred. Daniel, why is it that for every time it's when when we finally do a book that is the most accessible to listeners uh-huh. we we have the longest most rambling intros speaking of which uh-huh. it's time for a game well no Wait, speaking of which before if you're here seriously guys we're a real you. literature show if you're here only to hear our thoughts on harry potter part three mm. the prisoner of azkaban this is um we didn't do chamber of secrets actually we should have made a game out of that I should have given you a bunch of random events and told you, did this happen in Chamber of Secrets? Oh, yeah. You should totally do that. Well, um, it's too late now. We'll, we'll explain this later, but I yeah. I am unfamiliar with the entire Harry Potter series. Yeah. So for episode 50, we did um, Sorcerer's Stone. Almost oh. as Sorcerer's Apprentice. Philosopher's Stone. Philosopher's Stone, yeah. We skipped Chamber of Secrets because Daniel didn't give a shit. And then we're doing Brown Prisoner of Azkaban. So it's if you're be- here only for Harry Potter talk, please swipe up, scroll down. You'll see show notes where you can skip straight ahead to our Harry Potter talk where no doubt it's going to be incredibly informative. And we're going to say things you've never heard in the context of Harry Potter before. Yeah. Because let me tell you, people have been talking about these Harry Potter things for, for a long have time. Have you heard of this Harry Potter? I think we're going to have some fresh tastes. I heard he was the boy who lived. And hey, don't lay that on me. You also don't give a I shit about... I heard the Dumbledore's um, a bottom. About us. Uh, Harry Potter and you think the... Do you think Jude Law would be a bottom to Johnny Depp or vice versa? I was literally thinking about that. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, I had some time because I was I, I was writing this game show. <laughs> you had some time? So you thought about this? No, like, so I was looking I up... you, like, sitting there, like, in the field... <laughs> like like dressed like a character from like a like a Somerset mom book with like a starched collar and, and I was, you're thinking about and I was literally <laughs> I, I very much thought because like well JK okay listen it's right, like a Merchant Ivory film we're getting there kind of early and whatnot but like no I was like wicking things from like the Harry Potter series especially just looking like who plays who in the movies and mm-hmm. such but like. I did, it did suddenly hit me because every time I, I was looking at Albus Dumbledore Albus <laughs> Dumbledore right. um and I was just thinking like. Do you think he's the catcher, or is Johnny Depp's character the catcher? I wonder. I had that incredibly mature thought yeah. of that, and and I, I really was like... Then what do you think is the more insensitive terminology, catcher or bottom? Well, catcher's a little more graphic, I think. Yeah. It's like, it implies something. I you think know? also, it's, it sounds like, like, like proto like heteromasculine men being like yeah he's a pitcher he's the catcher yeah, this is how carver and herc on the wire talk about that makes talk total about sense, like yeah. like homosexual relations and such mm-hmm. like that so um no you're actually plus i think um uh bottom and top are actually more Shakespeare characters yeah truly no they're uh they're accepted terms and in, in, in the gay community Q, uh, mm-hmm. but we're not here say, to right? make generalizations yes we're not for for that also this is gabriel this is too early for book talk but if yeah all right anyway go downstairs Go downstairs. Go downstairs. <laughs> go downstairs <laughs> if you want to go get that book talk. Yeah, go t- no, check it out. Look down below. Again, as Gabriel said, see the in the show notes, there's a mm-hmm. time code for like when we actually start talking about the book. But for now, you know what, Gabriel? We did 100 of these bad boys. Let's yeah, kind we of did. let's stretch our legs mm-hmm. and talk about something else, including small closet. Play a game. Playing games. Hit the with theme music, Daniel Gonzalez. Oh, it? sorry. Okay. Um, hold on. It's a, yeah. is, is it the game from last week? It's the game okay. from last week. Go. Here's it goes. Patterson Custer's the woods. Patterson Custer's the woods. Patterson Cus. Patterson Cus. Patterson Custer's the woods. Hey. Oh, that's really hard to say. There's a lot of S's. Yeah. Um. Yes. 
Gabriel, last week... You I hope ha- every clap blew out the microphone. <laughs> Good. Uh, Gabriel, last week you had the uh, ingenu- ingenuity mm-hmm. to create a game where basically you I'm make... I'm a game maker. You you are. You Like, I never... I'm not clever enough to come up with games, so you always do them. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, you had this great you idea. come up with more games, Daniel. Gabriel, can you describe, like, the general premise of the game that you introduced to me last time? So, listeners, um, walk into any Barnes & Noble and you come across, like, the thriller or best section, like, bestseller section or the mystery section you'll probably see maybe like eight names because some authors most of them white dudes sell a fuck ton of books and the worst thing is most of the titles completely interchangeable so what uh-huh. i decided to do is test daniel he used to work in a used bookstore i would present him with the synopsis of a book with names changed and ask him was it a book by james patterson clive Cussler, mm-hmm. or Stuart woods along with the terrible names. Yes. And Daniel smoked the game. Yeah. He, he knew quite well. Um, because let me tell you something. I, I I have like a grotesque fascination with just like these kind of generic kind of writers. Because look, uh, I'm not terribly into those kinds of like, like pot boiler kind of like paperback thriller kind mm-hmm. of thing. And like they are, I don't even know exactly how well these things sell, but they probably sell like fucking crazy. I mean, they must be like gangbusters. Like, like I described the the back picture of like Clive Cussler and like the back of his one novel, which is him in like like leather bomber jacket, sunglasses, amidst his like fleet of Jay Leno cars and everything like that. Yeah, obviously. And like you just you know that guy plays golf mm-hmm. with Donald Trump. Like you uh. know, <laughs> you just know by looking at. It. So like they are immensely popular. James mm-hmm. Patterson too. He's a stupidly rich dude. Uh, but I don't. It's not my thing. I just it's want to not. replicate that 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 idea of the author in the bomber jacket covered in a fleet of cars. I want to apply that to every author. Like 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 you get Malala's book mm-hmm. and just have her in the background wearing that outfit. <laughs> same my cars. Yeah, and I'd be like fucking awesome. <laughs> Let's make that a so, whole thing. So yeah. So Gabriel. Yeah. This time. I was so good at that. Also, because I kind of knew like some kind of nuances with the uh, nuances with the authors. I knew like which kind of like what their lanes are. Sure. So like I was. Are able... you steering into my lane here? Uh, no. <laughs> well, sort yeah. of. Okay. I mean, like it's basically the same game except with one extra fun thing of the last third. All right? right. So basically, again, I kind of helped you out before by kind of describing like what those lanes are between those authors. Uh huh. So like that should be able to definitely help you. Okay. However, all right. I think I did a better job, kind of. Like, like, kind of seeking some kind of middle ground between them. All right. So we'll see how this is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, as Gabriel said, I'm going to give the synopsis of a novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to change the character names. Add some music here. Okay. Here's some theme music. In the edit. Just fart noises. I'll send you my. Uh, I'll send you the music, but that we used for uh, Hero Not a Hero. Okay. Um, and uh, and so again, like I, I changed all the names, uh, to disguise it just a little bit. And then I'm going to have Gabriel guess between uh, three the three authors, James Patterson, Clive Cussler, and Stuart Woods, and also, like, a name of a novel or even a fictional novel written by them to kind of, like, mask it a little bit. So, but the most important thing is that you need to guess, like, which author wrote it. Okay. Okay. You said a novel? I thought you were going to say anus. A novel, yes. No. A novel. I, I never say anus. A-novel. I never say anus. That's fair. So, Gabriel, this first section we'll call Who Dat White Boy? Okay. <laughs> and then the third one will be a, a bit of surprise. All right. Yeah. Hopefully he finally reveals me as the racist I am. Yeah, okay. You think all white men look the same. Yeah, they do. Uh, okay, so synopsis. Gabriel, listen. Mm-hmm. When the most advanced aircraft ever designed vanishes over the uh, South Pacific, 
John Manley and Jane Womanly, John Manley and Jane Womanly are okay. drawn into a deadly contest to locate the fallen machine. Russia and China covet the radical technology, but the United States worries about a darker problem. They know what others don't. That the X-37 is carrying a dangerous secret, a payload of exotic material extracted from the upper reaches of the atmosphere and stored at a temperature near absolute zero. As long as it remains frozen, the cargo is inert, but if it thaws, it will unleash a catastrophe of nearly unthinkable proportions. Still going. Oh my god. <laughs> from the Galapagos Islands to the jungles of South America. It's Vonnegut. To an icy mountain lake many believe to be the birthplace of the Inca. Okay, whatever. Uh, the entire, I'm like reading this for the first for like like certain things. I'm just like, what? Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire Fufu team will risk Fufu? everything in an effort to avert disaster. I, I hadn't made it up just because mm-hmm. it's like technically in the, anyway. But they may be caught in a race that no one can win. Okay. Okay. So your choices are: mm-hmm. is it A. James Patterson's Wish Upon a Star? <laughs> That's a terrible name. B. Clive Cussler's Nighthawk. Okay. Or C, Stuart Woods crashing to Earth. Oh, okay. Um, so from what I understand, from what you've told me, the only one of these authors who ever plays a round of dumb airplanes and cartography and oceanography. So if it's an inter- if it's an international kind of affair, the odds are it is Clive Cussler. So you think it is B? Clive Cussler's Nighthawk. Nighthawk, yes. Gabriel, you were right! Yeah! Ding, ding, ding! Good job! Let me just check the Okay. Make sure that's all good. Okay, good job. So, one out of three so far. All right, all right, all right. right. Gabriel, round two. Let's do it. Okay. Manson Manpower is enjoying a round of golf in Key West (laughs) when the game is violently interrupted. And it seems as if the target of the disturbance may have been one of his playing companions, the brilliant businesswoman behind a software startup on the cutting edge of technology. Soon it becomes clear that this incident is only the first thrust in a deadly scheme to push the beautiful young woman out of the way and put her company's valuable valuable secrets up for grabs. But the sun-soaked Florida shores to... Wait, from the sorry, from the sun-soaked Florida shores to an idyllic English country retreat, Manpower <laughs> embarks on a quest to protect his lovely new companion while searching for the mastermind behind the plot against her. But he may find that her enemy is far more resourceful and dangerous than he could ever have anticipated. Where do they go? Uh, th- from the sun-soaked Florida shores to an idyllic English country retreat. Okay. Is it one? I like how the first one was ABC. This one apparently one, two, three. <laughs> you gotta uh, do a third. Get a different one to the third one. Is it one? It's like bu- like bullet point symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, is it one? Stuart Woods's shoot first. Oh. Is it two? Clive Cussler's stone cold. Uh huh. Or is it three? James Patterson's a harmless round of golf. Oh my. Um. So, from what I understand, mm-hmm. James Patterson doesn't do a whole lot of globe trotting. That's why I asked you about. England. Mm-hmm. The Patterson stories seem to be set in like cities, like individual locations. Mm-hmm. So, and also um, what I've been picking up is that Stuart Woods tends to do a lot more stories about like wrong man kind of things. So I'm going to go with, what was the book called? Stuart Woods's? Stuart Woods's Shoot First. I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Gabriel, you are correct. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Good job. Two for two for th- uh, three. Two for three. Uh, good job. Also, I think the, the other ones, uh, I'm really loving my fake uh, James Patterson titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Patterson, Wish Upon a Star, and then James Patterson's A Harmless Round of Golf. 
Oh, you're making up the titles? Uh, the James Patterson ones, yes. Oh. Because uh, basically you can just come up with like the lamest title in the world that sort of has to do with the title. Yeah, otherwise just... it's going to be like James Patterson's Alex Cross again. Or something like that. Uh, I'm like, that... come on, man. James Patterson, I believe, comes up with like a lot of series. So usually like the series names is you, or the title, the, the series names is in the title. No, cross like, my heart. Cross, cross your, cross my heart. Mm-hmm. Cross. In trouble, or something like that. <laughs> Speaking of James Patterson, mm-hmm. now for the bonus round Cross three. Crossfire. I wanted to come up with something. Like a bonus round. Well, it's it's not really a bonus. It's actually the third round. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I wanted to have some fun with uh, just kind of playing around with things a little bit. Uh, and this is the thing I came up with. It's called Patterson's Pat Sons. Okay. Which doesn't make any fucking sense because basically James Patterson uh, book titles are pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, laughably so. Kiss the girls. Uh, kiss the girls. Hey, man, that's the least worst yeah, title. Yeah, that's, that's the actually most evocative one. That one along came a spider. When I remember the uh, the movie trailer uh, for the movie, um, like I remember like that's actually something said in the trailer. So Yeah, I recall. I, um, I actually read some of that one. My brother had a copy. Yeah. Um, um, it's all about, uh, it's from G- Georgie Porgy, the, the nursery rhyme. Georgie oh, yeah? Porgy kissed the girls and made him cry, something like that. Yes. Because um, it's about sexual assault. Yeah, I figured. James, anyway. come on, man. So, uh, so again, well, to be fair, I mean, like, these kind of, like, gr- like grisly kind of, like, like thriller stuff yeah. are, are usually bad. I, I, I mean, look at Gillian I, Flynn's I, stories, I read the yeah. first page of, uh, of um, Terry, uh, of, of, what's it, um, Terry, Terry Hayes' uh, I Am Pilgrim. Uh, okay. Um, Immediately, very sexy, very violent. And I'm like, I hear this is a good one. Who was it? Was uh, Terry what was it? Hayes? I am Pilgrim. Is that is that his name? I'm not fam- I'm not familiar with that to be honest with you. Yeah, it was like a like it was on a, a bestseller list of like if you enjoyed this, read this. <laughs> I am Pilgrim. And Gabe... yeah, Terry Hayes. Okay, cool. No, I'll, I'll look into that. Is it good? Supposedly, it's it's good. Supposedly, it's like like if like that midway point between Patterson and Gillian Flynn. Uh, you know, I would buy that. That that mm-hmm. seems good because I love me some Gilly. I mean, we'll get it. Well, the game will take place in a moment. But, mm-hmm. uh, but like, no, like James Patterson's like things where it's like if you pick it up, you can easily breeze through it. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's gonna be like a fast paced kind of like it. Like he has a science down to like basically like like you know wh- for wh- what goes into his stories. Sure, he so, just like, plugs in a formula. Yeah, it's just. But I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, so. But that said, his right. titles are awful. Okay. So these titles, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you the synopsis of this, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna guess you what book, what the actual book title of this is between four choices. Interesting. Okay. And they all are movie titles okay. that have nothing to do with what the synopsis is. So one of them is real. One of them is real. Okay. And they're all movie related titles. Okay. All right. Okay. So this is the synopsis. With her life on the line. Jane Blue has to do unspeakable things and making her okay. Also, there's a typos in this. I, this is straight up. This is straight up copy and paste from Amazon. Right? Okay, has to do unspeakable things and making her a very good cop. Gone Ooh. very bad. Okay. Uh, also, I want to say Jane is a fict- fictitious first name, but Blue is the actual last name of the character. Okay. Uh, in the space of a week, she has committed theft. Is it blue? Is the warmest color? <laughs> she has committed theft and fraud, resisted arrest assaulted a police officer, and is considered a dangerous fugitive from the law. It's all because of one man, villain man. Oh. He viciously... Well, that's it. <laughs> he viciously killed the only person in the world who matters to Blue, and he intends to kill her next. Okay. As she recklessly speeds towards the dark side and finally crosses it, Blue won't stop until villain pays for the many lives he has taken. Wait, where's the typo? 
I don't think it was something else. I think I skipped over it. Mm-hmm. There was one where like I copy and pasted it, and it just said like it said like two twice or something like that. Tutu. Yeah. Mm, fuck it. Okay, so your choices for that are one, deliver us from evil. Oh no. Two, blue is the darkest color. Huh. Three, liar liar. Oh no. <laughs> Four, step up. <laughs> that has to be uh, deliver us from evil. You are wrong. No. Do you want another guess? Because to be honest, like... Are you serious? They're just, they're just goofy fucking titles. No, there's not. So your choice is for that. About Jane Blue, who is a copper lawyer who's gone, like, <laughs> who's like across the... I don't remember. But, like, it, who's hunting, like, the man who's, like, orchestrated all her downsides. Is it Blue is the Darkest Color, mm-hmm. Liar Liar, or Step Up? Liar Liar. Yes. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Jesus good, good job. Christ. You got two and a half out of three. Let's All say. right, it's fine. To be fair, that was purposely just like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I enjoy this game. Let us continue to find new permutations of yes. it. Uh, well, I, I'm just thinking like for next time. Um, we, we, we play a game like our friends at the Whip Around where um, we get like two... We, we, we have two like Patterson things mm-hmm. and then we write a third one ourselves to make a fake premise. That Yeah, or maybe what we should do, we should have like... Two, yeah, two synopses, and then like a third mm-hmm. one that we have written, and he's a guess which one is fake. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I would love to do it with Kustlers, because Kustlers fucking synopses yeah, just are start, so start adding jets weird. and China and Russia to it, just, and it could yeah. be fucking anything. It'd just be like, like, oh, it starts in space, but at some point it has to do with like ancient buried pirate treasure at the bottom zombie of the sea or something like Nazis. that. Zombie Nazis. Anyway. And zombie Nazis. Yeah. And that's how we play Patterson Kustlers of the Woods. Patterson Kustlers of the Woods. Patterson Gloss, Patterson Gloss, Patterson Gloss is the woods. Come by. Bye-bye. 100 okay. episodes. 100 episodes. We did it, Daniel. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I can't pick it up. I had to reach around the book every time. Hmm. So, Gabriel. Reach around. I think, haha, brings back fond memories, don't it, Gabriel? Of Jude Law and Johnny Depp. Yes. So, which one do you think is the bottom? I mean, it has to be Dumbledore. You think so? I mean, um, well, have you seen the, the second Flimmer no. Flimmer movie? No? I would have. Well, maybe if you see him, he's like, you know what? Maybe him. Yeah, you know, like um, in that first season of uh, of Shameless, you know, the, the the bully turns out to be in love with the gay kid. And the, the bully, like the, the angry bad boy, he's the bottom. Yeah, well, it's, um, there, there was this great thing. Okay, we'll get to book talk in a moment. <laughs> um, there's this thing, uh, there's this great book I really love called God's Middle Finger. Mm-hmm. Which is like this kind of like surreal for the listener's sake for like a surreal kind of exploration about like a travel writer who loves going to the most dangerous places in the world. Mm -hmm. And in this place, he went to the like mountainous regions or like the Sinaloa and it's such like that areas where like they grow drugs and everything like that. And it was like the most dangerous thing. Like at the end, he's literally like hiding in the woods, running for his life for people who are just hunting him for no reason. Um but at some point, he he interviews a a, a male prostitute mm. in that region, and basically how like now I'm interested. Even though like the region is hyper mask, hyper macho, sure. Like there's that machismo thing, and this is that to the nth degree. This mm. whole region. Let me close out of this fucking thing. James Patterson staring at me in the face. <laughs> um, uh, like, but like he's a very he makes good money there. This male prostitute, mm-hmm. and basically like it's all about how these these do these men who like are super aggressive like with their with their machismo, um, they like yeah it's such like a fucking like like this so societal kind of like put upon with them sure. that like they're playing the role. And that, so a lot of them, it, like, a lot of times also, he, he told this story about, like, this one guy who, put, who picked him up, like, on the street, and was basically like, I need you to insult me as hard as you can. Just, like, absolutely belittle me, 
like tell and like in like, humiliation thing and the yeah and the and the the prostitute is like basically just like you know like giving the best he can with his insults and the, the guy's just like like harder insult me and then by the end kicked him out of the car and be like you didn't insult me hard enough and left okay i mean that makes sense i mean uh in a in an era of, rep- of repression, it's yeah. going to be much more um, intense. I mean, look at all those Republican senators who are viciously anti-gay. It turns out that they're having like rent boys. <laughs> really? Is that a that's a thing? Actually, because honestly, ten I, I out of ten, a thing. Oh yeah, totally. I imagine it, but yeah, yeah. I didn't know. That was also, a on a last note about this, to not be political at all, <laughs> Daniel, I remember. Very specifically, the first time you showed me that book, we were in our ninth grade or tenth, I think we we're in our ninth, no, our tenth grade English class. God's mm-hmm. Middle Finger? I think so. I don't, I don't think, no, I don't think was I... Was God's Thumb? It was, no. There I, was some like, book like that. I think it was well after the fact. I think I only, I think I read that like when I was living in New York. Hmm. Gabriel's infallible memory oh, was finally no, fouled. Oh, Gabriel didn't actually remember something from like high school that oh, I how do horrible. not remember. I failed. Well, time to follow my sword. I think, uh, I think it also wasn't published until like, like 2004, and I definitely had the okay. paperback, so it wasn't. I like I saw, you showed me a copy of a book about like God's thumb or something, God's middle finger about like uh, about cartels, something. I don't think I have, I a, very, I have a very clear well, memory of you showing me a book and me being like. It's something about God's middle finger. Okay. I'm not totally too sure. I'll I'll double check like the publication date and whatnot for that mm-hmm. because I'm curious. Maybe I'm but, right. But for now, let's go on break because we've been talking for a good long while. Hundred episodes. Hundred episodes. We're keeping our fucking feet up, so we're gonna kind of like just be like, whatever, dude. I don't care about nothing. Harry Potter. So uh, let's go on break right now. When we come back. We're gonna talk about fucking wizard school. Part three. Part three, motherfuckers. Welcome, listener reader. Welcome to the wizarding world of J.K. Rolling, 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 rolling. What? Rolling, 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 rolling. Who? Back up, back up. What you gonna do now? Is that? I don't. Is that like actually the part? I of don't the song? fucking know. I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a long time. Do you don't like watch all of Limp Bizkit's music no. videos that we used to see all the time as kids? I remember everyone being obsessed with um, Nookie when I was in uh, <laughs> in what's it called in. Cub Scout camp, not Boy Scout camp. Uh-huh. It was Cub Scout camp. We were fourth or fifth graders, <laughs> and kids were singing Nookie all over and over and over again. Yo, I fucking loved Nookie. You, did you really? You know, yeah. the, the crazy thing is that again, like Cub Scouts, me and Gabriel are the same age. Like I was yeah. that old, listening to Limp Bizkit, thinking this is cool music. We didn't know it. Remember, remember thinking you knew what it meant to like um like uh, what's it um what was the song about having a bad day and how you you a motherfucking chainsaw what? Oh um. Break stuff? Break stuff. It's break stuff. Break something tonight. Like, you, you, chainsaw. What? And I, I feel so. Like, these are the feelings chainsaw of shame, what? I feel. like. And right, when, so come and get it. Like, like you and I went to go see Us last night, and ne- sitting next to us were a couple of teenage boys just talking a bit much. High as shit, by the way. <laughs> Makes sense. To yeah. so my credit, I did not scream at them because we were at a loud horror movie. Yeah. And I'm like, the, every time, the whole time I was thinking, like, Fucking teenoid, teenage boys. Teenoids. Teenoids. <laughs> like, yo, noid. Teenage boys are the fucking worst. Mm. They are garbage. I don't think we were, but that's not even teenagers. We were, like, preteens. They were even worse. Yeah, no, like, boys between the age of, like, like 9 and 28 are terrible. Yeah. 
I used to say between, uniformly. I used to say like all males under the age of twenty one. Now it's like it's getting by higher, like twenty five or so. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, we were never teenage girls, and from what I hear, the abuse of teenage girls against one another is psychologically damaging tenfold. Um, there, there's that. It, it's I've always pointed that because like yeah, it's always been in like an, an argument, usually gendered. Of course, because it is a general argument. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like, it's like, well, like we always say, like, young boys are fucking awful. And then all women Just go. Just look at Draco Malfoy and his treatment of Harry Potter. <laughs> and then women say, no, young girls are awful. And to be fair, I've never had a teenage boy tell me to kill myself. <laughs> I've had them like doggedly insult me endlessly and be every now and again physically violent. Nice. I know. Well, I, well, in your face, friendo. My, I'm still here. My argument was that uh, for for like saying teenage boys are worse or young boys, I should say mm-hmm. boys in general, um, is that like every time you're somewhere and a group of boys come God, or a group of a group of burst boys come in, you just go. Like and working you, retail or anything yes. like a bunch of boys come in you're like fuck yeah exactly it's awful if a group of girls come in you don't make that noise and you're fine mm-hmm. meanwhile boys on the other hand you go and you're 100 you know you're gonna like, have yeah. a mess on your hands. you know you're gonna have a mess it, it's it's terrible anyway back in the days of working retail which we yeah. don't do anymore because we're a bunch of cool dudes who work out of a skyscraper in burbank california yeah because we're fucking cool we're fucking bosses <laughs> Uh, I only have to pay $600 for my root canal. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought it wasn't the deal. Yeah, meanwhile, I, I forget I don't remember how much I paid. Anyway. Harry Potter! So, yeah, so this is this is book talk, as you can tell. This is the third Harry Potter story we're doing for this podcast. Third? Yeah, don't, for, don't ever forget My Immortal. Oh, you're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, no. Dumbledore. I, for- I forgot about the, d- Snap. the Dumbledore. <laughs> Snap. And, and everything like that. And, oh, Jesus. Oh, man. What's it called again? My Immortal? Um, For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, if you ever want a grand laugh that people are still not sure whether it's trolling or not, there is a Harry Potter fan fiction called My Immortal, which is one of the worst things ever written in the history of the English language. It is every every single character is a hot topic mall goth yeah. who doesn't understand how sex works, and written by someone who has not read the books and has only seen the movies. And it's pretty amazing. And briefly, yeah, and like and like, look, it is literally written by like a twelve or thirteen year old girl who yeah. thinks all of that is super cool. She clearly never meant herself to become a massive laughing stock, but yeah. we never do. You're literally like, <laughs> I felt bad because every time you pick that up, you're literally laughing at a child. Yeah, but like. It's it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Anyway, anyway, so Daniel, that is the here great we segue. Are. Into... Episode one hundred. <laughs> yes. We are continuing our series that you've derisively titled oh, Wizard, Wizard School, School parts one through seven. Yes, and we are now doing part three, which was adapted into a movie. Wizard Directed School parts one through Alfonso eight. Alfonso Cuarón. Oh, okay. Yeah. Specifically, Wizard School Part yeah. 3 was adapted into a movie, Wizard School Part 3, directed by Alfonso Cuarón. So we decided to skip um, Part 2. Yes. But before going into any of that, Daniel, as a quick reminder to all of our wonderful listeners who have stuck with us for a hundred episodes. hundred fucking episodes. Daniel, what is your relationship to the Harry Potter series? We clearly don't need to recap what this is. So yeah, well, what's well, your personal relationship to it? That's a good point. We can't, like, usually we go into this thing where, like, we talk about, like, a bit about the author, which essentially mm-hmm. it's like, mm, it's J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Rolling that. like bowling or rolling like a biscuit. Yes. And, um, yeah, like, uh, as a kid, I, I, I got, like, the second book. I wasn't terribly into it. And I yeah, put it that down. that one sucks. I put it down. And then, like, the success of these books skyrocketed. Everybody loves it. 
And so you I, didn't get the first one. I no, I didn't. And also, and I don't. I think I it would have been the same thing as picking up the second one. Um, but like essentially, like I I missed that boat. I never got into it, and everyone else got into it. And then now I just never really got into the entire series. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I I think the only movie I saw was the first one, which I remember seeing on like a school trip bus directed by Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus, who's not very good at making movies. I met his son once. You're just going to leave that hanging, or? <laughs> yeah, he was a classmate of a friend of mine at NYU. Okay. Just like how I, I went, went on one date with the daughter of Jonathan Kellerman. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Jonathan Kellerman Jonathan Kellerman uh, is actually like one of those potboiler mystery thriller writers yeah. who's actually pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah, she was, she was really cool, way out of my league. <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, she was a writer for a liquor magazine. Yeah, we should, we should, uh, maybe I'll incorporate that. I forgot about Jonathan Keller. Anyway, um, so yeah, no, I just, so I never got, I never got into it. So like, again, like everyone is going, losing their minds over, um, over, uh, uh, uh Harry Potter. I almost called Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Superman? <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. I, I have more to say about, about like that kind of indifference. Sure. Like, here's the thing, like you kind of said like derisively and it's like, well, yeah, to kind of make fun of like the Harry Potter thing that everyone loves that mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Like I've always referred to as wizard's school mm-hmm. just because it's like that's fun and yeah, uh, daniel but, is low grade trolling no like listen fuck that meme shit like mm-hmm. this isn't about trolling this is essentially about kind of this is like the, this is like the kind of humor that someone rolls out because it's like i'm not part of this thing mm-hmm. and you guys are super into it so i'm just gonna kind of tease you about it oh, yeah, yeah, i would like, call that low grade trolling that is it well yeah but i'm not doing this on the internet to like anonymous people That's like fair. you know I, i'm not looking like i don't go to somebody and just be like <laughs> harry potter and slam the book out of the, the hands mm-hmm. the book of his hands or everything like that but anyway so enough about that we'll, we'll get into that in a moment like let's say when we're talking about like how we feel uh-huh. about this book uh, gabriel what's your history with with wizard schools my, I loved it that, you know, and I think seventh or eighth grade, um, I, I picked up, I, I finally decided to get on board because there were copies available at the middle school library because obviously I was working in the middle school library. I volunteered to run, instead of having study hall where I could dick around with my friends, uh-huh. I chose to volunteer at the middle school library. Who are you? Hermione Gregory? That's, you know, that's how you pronounce your name? Yeah. Hermione Granger. While you sip water. What's her fucking name? Sorry. Hermione Granger. Granger. That's her. Yes. I, I knew it was something with a gronk. Gronk. So um, I, I was doing that and I picked up copies. I think I got like a, 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 to pick them out myself because I had, I checked books in and out and I got into them. Um, do you want me to go into what book two is about? No. I mean, is it important? I'll tell you, it's going to be important later on in the series because we're doing every single book in the series. But basically, we're doing most most of them because we should also point out that um, we're also doing, in case you guys can't fucking read. (laughs) We're also doing slow-ers. We're also doing all the the strand, the books in the strand 80, strand 80 being a list of like uh, the bookstore strand. um, Which is like, they picked like 80 kind of like top picks, let's say. Reader favorites, strand favorites. And like, I forgot, like five of the seven Harry Potter books are on there, or something like that. Once we get to one for the Strand, we're we're gonna go. We're we're gonna de- dedicate that whole episode to picking a bone at the Strand for doing that because yeah. I I find that endlessly frustrating. It is incredibly I, frustrating. I, I like I love the Strand. Mm-hmm. The Strand, I love you. 
What the fuck? That's not okay. What the hell? And if you look at any... And again, we're just going to get into it now. No! Uh, if you look at any fucking fantasy... I'm not done talking about Harry Potter. Any, any other fantasy story series on there that is absolutely beloved. Narnia, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. One. One, one place. Chronicles Na- of Narnia. Narnia. One. one. And in this one, in this case, it's Harry Potter. One. Three. Four, five, set, and and seven? One, one and two were the top picks. Of Why? Like so, yeah, anyway, so, so yeah. <laughs> I'll, I will tell you some of the pertinent details of two later down the line. All you really need to know is that uh, um, Kenneth Branagh plays the defensive dark arts teacher, and he's great. Wait, what? Kenneth Branagh plays who? He plays, um, the, the, you know that in every book, they have a new defense against a dark arts teacher. And in this, in, in this one, it's David Thewlis. And number two, it's Kenneth Branagh who plays this braggart, phony, like, monster hunter. Okay, yeah, because I thought you were saying that, that, like, because I, no, I looked this up before and I was like, oh, David Thewis plays uh, Lupin? Lupin. What's his first name? Remus. Remus? Remus. Remus. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's awesome. I love uh, David Thewis. He's great. And then, like, and you're saying, like, like what's his place as a dark arts and all. I was like, did I just not read it right or something like that? Yeah, no, like, and, okay. and number two. Because I kind of read the yeah. book in a hurry. I read the first, well, I, I bought the audiobook. I listened to, like, the first third of it pretty clearly. Then, like, for the rest of it, I kind of had to rush it. So, like, that middle third, I kind of, like, you know. Yeah. Sm- as my brother used to call smatting, which is basically my brother's name is Matt. And uh, when he had, he used to be a, a huge comic collector. So he would call that, he would refer to him kind of, like, speed reading a comic, smatting, because essentially, like, he kind of reads it very much in brief. And I kind of he did... came up with his own term using his own name yes. for speed reading. Yes, it's fine. It's a joke. Jeez, was it? It was. It was him. Kind of. It is uh, self. If I it... did that, you would mock me relentlessly. I don't mock you relentlessly for anything. Anything. Uh... Anyway. anyway so no 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 i mean it was like basically it was him kind of saying like him kind of making fun of himself for the fact that he reads comics but he only kind of reads them okay all right so anyway so like so i kind of like did that my for like, eyes got so narrow your eyes got so narrow you were like fucking uh leave and cleave solid yeah i was fr- i was afraid you were gonna go racial Instead, no that would be terrible leave and cleave do you ever see uh the epic rap battles between uh clint eastwood and bruce lee i have yeah people have made a point that it was like pretty offensive um, sometimes, sometimes like the really, really hurtful things are like absolutely hilarious. Like in that one, it was like, uh, talking about like how, like, uh, I forgot the line was from Clint Eastwood, something about like how, like another one of, uh, of them, of like the Lee family isn't going to live to see a sequel, uh, which is like, it's like, Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's all done for comedy rap battling. So it makes sense. Well, some of the, the, the other things were a bit racial, like, um, you know, like Clint Eastwood had the line, something like, I even squint better than you. And everything like that, which is like, like, eh. yeah, it's okay. it's kind of towing the line, but yeah. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, so, so we can skip on. We skip book two. What, what um, happens in that one besides the fact that Kenneth Branagh in the movie, which not the book, yeah, the movie is played by a Kenny Branagh, yeah, dear friend of the podcast, Gilderoy Lockhart, and Kenneth Branagh, dear friend of the show, aka Hamlet, Hamlet, <laughs> Hammy. Mm-hmm. So like, the uh, Thor. so again, is is there anything else that was like that was like hugely important that was introduced in book two? There's um, ghosts. I know that. I remember. No, nothing is introduced in book two that isn't important until later on in the series. So for now, um, book two can fuck off. Book two, fuck mm-hmm. off. Yeah, we're not. Chamber gonna of Secrets. Bo- I remember the title. Yeah, we're not gonna. <laughs> okay. We're not gonna recap Prisoner of Azkaban because if you haven't read it, you're someone like Daniel. In which well, case, who hasn't read it? Yeah. Yeah, who just doesn't? Just never cared. In which case, I don't know why you're listening to this. 
Well, so, they're listening to us because they love our company and they want to hear us talk about Wizard School. Daniel, do you really want to summarize Prisoner of Azkaban for well, the show? No, no, no. I was just saying that's like, no, they just want to hear the thing. Oh, Can you fine. believe it? There's actually people out there who haven't read this. Usually they're older because um, I was watching the uh, the Nerd Writer. There's two Nerd Writer. Uh, nerd Writer is like a... Is a video a essayist on YouTube who, despite the awful name, is actually really fucking interesting. He's a, he's a, and he's fascinating. a fantastic essayist. Yeah, he, he's very fantastic. He had two episodes on Harry Potter. Uh, the most recent one was The Sound of Magic, mm-hmm. basically just about like the sound design in terms of the movie, about how they made the things. I don't think I've seen that one. And um, it, it's really good, especially because of how good they had magic sounding in the first movie, but in the second one, kind of got shitty. Which is kind of weird because they're directed by the same person. And then uh, for Prisoners of Azkaban's, uh, Alfonso Cuaron kind of like course corrected it a little bit and kind of like made it a little more unique. That was kind of echoed throughout the rest of the like series. Yates took up on. Um, but in the first one, just because like it has a very kind of charming, goofy, cartoony kind of sound. Like apparently the very first moment is uh, Hagrid uh, lighting a fire with his umbrella, and it makes like this. Pew, pew. No, no, it's no. It, it makes it sound. <laughs> a little, it makes it sound a little Star Warsy the way I did it, but um, it makes like a puff, puff kind of noise, where like it, it was like kind of charming, which is kind of like what it needed to be. And it's then, like, very British. And then Coron apparently made it sound weirdly like echoey and kind of like white and noisy. It makes sense. Um, I it, mean, like it's just Coron to um, pilot this series. Um, starting if, um, uh, book three into something much more serious. Yeah, it, it, and that that was the that was the uh, the subject of the other nerd writer video about how I think it's titled like how like Prisoner of Azkaban is like the best. Uh, yeah, I, th- movie, I think I about think. that shot he breaks down entirely about how like the effect oh. of of separating Harry from the gang and having black in the forefront. And uh, yeah, very... Cor- I have to watch Roma. Well, in in oh yeah, absolutely Roma because like uh, let let's talk about that a little bit. Another thing that kind of like hanging over this is that I'm a huge fan of uh, of. We're, we're huge fans of Alfonso Cuaron, the guy who directed, like, the third movie or whatever. Uh-huh. So, like, it, always in the back of my head, I love Cuaron, but I always have the idea that, like, well, I've never seen arguably one of, like, his most popular movies, which was the third Harry Potter movie. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I still can't really... What's it called? What, which one? The third Harry Potter movie? The Prisoners of Azkaban. The Prisoner of Azkaban? Prisoners of Azkaban. Prisoners. So, uh, yeah, and no, like, and just how, like, that's, you know, always been kind of, like, hanging over. It's like, well, I've never seen that. And it's kind of, like, the one that I think everyone immediately goes to. When I say Alfonso Cuaron, he's directed, uh, and immediately you would Little think... Little Prince. What's that? Little Prince. Little, little, little princess. princess. Little princess. Get, get, get fucking straight. Shit. Jesus. All right. No, but like that's the one that people usually go to because that's probably like the most beloved. It's it, he directed. It's like him saying it's he, the one that everyone's seen. Yeah. It, it, like if he directed a Star Wars movie, people would remember him like, oh, he's the yeah. guy who Ryan directed Johnson, Star Wars director movie. of a uh, of a uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Shots. I don't know. Whatever. What? So um. So yeah. So Gabriel. Uh, well, tell tell us about how what your history with Prisoner of Azkaban. Did you read the book first? Did you see the movie? We or? did interrupt that story of mine, didn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I picked this up, um, and this. So I I liked one. One is great. Mm-hmm. Two. I was like, I remember having a headache while reading the entire thing, or maybe that's just reading book two. And I picked up book three, and that's like with most people I imagine who read these series, uh, it's the one that really skyrockets it, and it's it is great. I I. Like yeah, I read this through pretty almost entirely yesterday, 
And, you know, I still really enjoy reading this, that one of our favorite podcasts and our comedy groups, Wild Horses, you remember that feel that Aaron Whitehead talks about, like, <laughs> I'd rather be in this world and spending time with you. Uh, the, the direct line is that, like, listen, I love you guys, but I'm but I'm sad when I'm not with the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, this is the first one where it feels that No way. humor at all. It's just, yeah. like, it's like that she meant it. Like, yeah. She's like, like, I love those books. Like, I, I love being with my friends. But I'm kind of sad right now that I'm not with him. Yeah, and I think that's the first time it makes sense. Because after... Um, I, I love the Harry Potter series. Clearly I do. Um, I don't know how well it's aged. I haven't read them again since in like 11 years or oh. so. I remember I, got, I borrowed them from the, the Brooklyn College Library. Because I, I, they were just there. And I'm like, I guess I'll read Harry Potter. And they're still fun. They're still a good time. Uh-huh. So Daniel... This is your first time reading Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoners of Azkaban. Prisoners of Azkaban. Azerbaijan. Yeah. And you've never read the series before. Pri- this is your first time going through. That's why we're doing this. That's why it's a big deal. Prisoner of Azkaban? Azerbaijan. 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 Prisoner of Champagne. Anyway, it's your first time reading this. How did you... Did you finish it? Yeah, I finished it. Okay. So... I felt bad that I bought the fucking audiobook because I was very expensive and I wanted to do this. And I bought... I got you a cut from the library. And then, and then like, like literally yesterday, it's like, oh, fuck. I got to read, like, 200 pages. How long was I going to take an audiobook? Six fucking hours? Six hours? Well, the audiobook is, like, 12 hours long. Was it long. Stephen Fry? No, it wasn't. All right. That's another whole another thing. Okay. Because originally I downloaded, illegally, the Stephen Fry audiobooks because Stephen Fry famously... Uh, was the uh, reader of all seven Harry Potter audio books. Pocketed it, which is apparently not true. Pocketed it. Apparently it's not true. Apparently it's not true. Which is too bad. Um, And oddly enough, those aren't really readily available anymore. Like, at all. Like, I think you would have to actually seek out, like, like the fucking CD discs and everything if you want to hear that. It might, be a, it might be a licensing thing. Now it's just some dude. It's like how I can't buy the the Scott Pilgrim video game. Because <laughs> it's just... Uh... um The license wore out. That's, that's fun. Um, you just had a very alarming face looking at your phone. What happened? Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about that later. Uh, so, like, so like, okay. You didn't give me a fucking name. Is sure. Donald Trump dead? <laughs> I would be so, so alarmed by that. Mm-hmm. But no, it's, um, one second. Oh, fuck you. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, forget it. So, anyway. Um, okay. So, Leave all that in, yes. please. Uh, so yeah, no, no, it's by somebody else. And I, um, it might just be a bias where like, I love Stephen Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry's amazing. I love his voice. I have, more than anything, I love the way he reads, uh, Hermione. Hermione. Her too. Yeah. And, um, and like, like he gives her such like an affection where, affection. Inflection? Affection. Uh, where like with her voice and everything like that, where it's just, it's just like super, it's It's like a little bit lispy and everything. He gets gets super fast and everything. And then like, and it's, it's really, it's really great and charming, right? Yeah. He's Stephen Fry. Literally everything he's ever done is charming. It really got me through that first book because now that we're at this Mm. third one, I could basically point out and it's like, man, I don't like that first one. I don't like, I remember I, I saw the movie and the movie looked ugly and I hated it. The first book, I re- I like some things were charming. I liked I liked all the adult characters. Like they were they were they were so, they were fine characters. Yeah. But like the book overall, I really didn't like. Which I didn't really tra- I didn't really communicate that first time around because mm-hmm. you were glaring at me, just being like, "Do you like it or do you not?" And I'm like, yeah, "It's I'm fine. It's curious. fine." No, so, go so, on. But anyway, so no, like that's fair, honestly. It, and it's always the thing where it's like I never want to nothing kind of brings me less joy at this moment than talk about like my of like why I can't really get into Harry Potter all that much mm-hmm. because it's like people love it yeah and I'm not I can't really argue against somebody who's going to 
kind of just be like, you don't like it for, why don't you like it? You don't like it for this? And they're mm-hmm. like, well, that's silly because of this. And it's like, well, yeah, but I just, I still just can't get into Defend it. Defend yourself better. Exactly. And like, so, but no, like, I'm and also. telling you to do that. And people love these books and I don't want to like, you know, the only reason you can, it's like anything else where that's like a solid, a solid, well-told story that's mm-hmm. well-made where like, it's, I don't dislike it because it's, it's poorly made or anything. But, like, I just, it's something that I can't necessarily get into. It's like if anybody else watches Star Wars kind of late in life and they're just like, yeah, it's fine. You know? And essentially, it's like, well, that's kind of how I feel. Okay. I think that's a different, I think that that's a different case. I think something like Star Wars, if for me, that that, that is pure popcorn child entertainment that doesn't really add like if someone has a problem with star wars i can't fight you on star wars star wars is probably objectively bad if you don't have the scope of childhood on it yeah i think it's 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 textbook fun imaginative stuff whereas i think something like harry potter people revere the stuff like the bible yeah which i agree is a problem and i i I'd have nowhere near the attachment that many people have it. Yeah. I think I think they're great books, and I really like them. And when I pick them back up again, I'm I I feel the infectious joy from them. But someone who likes Harry Potter too much, I'm always like, mm, I don't think we can actually really like. Yeah. How how badly do you want to live in a fictional world that you're obsessed with this? Those people you can't fight. And well, but I'm at what I what I yeah. like so. Addressing your earlier point, Daniel, I would love to have an honest like discussion with you mm-hmm. about why you don't like this, mm-hmm. even though you've repeatedly told me that don't make me defend my choices. Well, yeah, well, like, well, uh, let's talk about it in a moment, but I do want to say like, it. Like, I can tell you exactly bit by bit, and I have on this podcast uh-huh. told you why I don't like Tolkien. Yeah. And, and you fought me on it, and I think, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and like, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, there's no point. Arg- it, it, it's kind of a similar thing. Well, don't get me wrong. You also don't like Tolkien. You don't. Yeah, I straight or, up don't like whereas it. Whereas like this, I can talk honestly about how much I really don't like that first book. Uh, exactly what you said about Star fair. Wars where you're just like, well, yeah, I'm sure you can also objectively watch this and just kind of, it's like kind of like children's popcorn. I'm like, yeah, that's what those first two Harry Potter books are. Like, Oh, I think that's fine. And I cannot get into them because it's like, I also, and I, I would even say like, I also don't like the way jk rowling tells that first book as well that's very interesting and it's not necessarily like she's a bad writer i think that the way and it's that thing is still kind of with this one well let's 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 dive into it following that point so prisoner of azkaban you listened to it on audiobook the first and then you finished the reading it Uh, so what were your thoughts on prisoner of azkaban and how does that tie into your criticisms of part one it's definitely better than than i much i appreciated the first one and it Mm -hmm. only is because like towards like the kind of later latter halves of uh, uh, latter halves the latter parts of this Mm -hmm. um that like it it did get a little more interesting and and compelling um other than that like it's still kind of it's still like i do really appreciate and i i could totally i knew i knew this kind of beforehand there is a really nice kind of um it really much sets harry potter and the characters especially the young ones like where they are in their age and like where they are growing up mm-hmm. and this one you start to see harry potter what he's like 13 in this or something yeah yeah it goes by like yeah 11 12 13 yeah and you start to see him like he's much less of like a wet towel that he was in the first one where like he's just he has like that rolled dollion kind of yeah like 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 joyful child abuse yeah <laughs> you exactly. kind of see no, that's, that's a great way to put that where, where it's just it's kind of adorable it's not disturbing but mm-hmm. it's fucking child abuse yeah it's straight up <laughs> 10 out of 10 child abuse it is with um uh, the dursleys right yes okay so like it, it kind of begins there but at this point harry kind of being kind of 
knowing that like for two years he's been kind of hot shit in the wizarding world Mm -hmm. so like he's a little cockier and he kind of like rebels a little bit i think um not to interrupt you okay but an additional point that's kind of the benefit of the series that for me personally it gets better and better because one rolling becomes better at building her world the Mm -hmm. star of the series is the world building it's not the characters and this is some of the most efficient world building even though if you stop to question the magic for a second like but no but that doesn't really work the magic anyway (laughs) that the characters grow and the older they get you follow harry's journey and he continues to be an interesting character book five is my favorite because that's the one where Harry straight up starts acting like a fucking pissed off teenager That's because it. he should be pissed off after <laughs> everything has happened to him. It hits him being like, why does this bullshit keep having me? Dumbledore. Are you fucking kidding me? What is this? Yeah. And Dumbledore says, you're the chosen one, dude. I'm so sorry. And I'm a bottom. <laughs> and I'm a bottom. <laughs> High fives, Harry. High five. High five. Right, Go sorry. on. Sorry. Sorry. No. Sorry. sorry. No, yeah, I interrupted you. Um. No, no. I, you, you, I interrupted you with that thought about how the interesting thing about it is the maturation of the character. Yeah. And, and at age 13, he feels like a 13-year-old. He's starting to grow up a little bit. And also, like, the big kind of climactic moment. Again, not we're not going to worry about spoilers or anything like that. Now I'm thinking about Dumbledore Attic <laughs> and I'm a bottom to every conversation. <laughs> uh, Gross. Uh, but no, no, like not not that that's gross. Just the idea of a, a grown man saying that in every conversation. Like, Harry Potter, on, you're a wizard, and I'm a bottom. Like, dude, stop! Like, I know you don't need to tell the kids about your sexual preferences. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the inappropriate thing. Yeah, uh, Dumbledore. I'm sorry, Dumbledore. Uh, anyway, so no, no, so like, yeah, no, I appreciate and like the the, the climactic stuff at the moment. There's like, yeah, this really... I meant to ask you, like, the yeah, people, the, the time turner stuff is hokey. That's yeah. That's like the least of my and concern. honestly, I was worried about that. And um, here's a here's a spoiler because I don't know if we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've avoided all information about the cursed child, and the second someone told me it's all about time turners, I was like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, I'm out. I mean, hey, look, Rowling's a cool chick. She loves her fucking money, though. Yeah, know? no, she she rich. I mean, good for her. Um. Go on. I'm sorry. No, no, no problem. So, like, like I'm not too concerned about that because that is a a plotty device, a fantastical device, and it works to tell a deeper story. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, there's this really wonderful moment at the end where uh, Harry Potter and friends are all kind of like uh, in their lowest moment when they're going to be attacked by a bunch of death of what's no not death, dementors. Uh, dementors, the Death Eaters or something else. Yeah, that's a, that's um, they're Nazis. The Death Eaters <laughs> are Nazis. <laughs> Nazis. Um, and, uh, and then at some point he, like a mysterious figure kind of like casts a spell, Patronus, mm-hmm. which I, I don't really know what that is. A Patronus is a magical embodiment of everything that is, embodies joy in you. Mm-hmm. And he used that to ward off the depression sucking dementors. Yeah. Or like, the, cause they're just like kind of vacuous kind of thing yeah. about, right? Everyone has their own Patronus animal and uh-huh. you summon it and you blast it out. Yeah. Well, um, so someone in like Harry Potter, when he, he mistakenly takes this kind of mysterious figure as to being his dad. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that basically everything kind of falls apart right afterwards. It's so, Terminator's time travel. So essentially they need to go back like three hours in time and whatnot. Hema and Hermione. Hermione. Her too. And, uh. It's called Emma Watson. And essentially like, they kind of fix certain things. And, and at some point, basically when it comes down to that scene that they're kind of witnessing and Harry Potter. Uh, cast that spell himself in, in the future so uh, so it, and like he kind of like admits that like i thought i thought i saw my dad 
casting this, and everyone's just like, yeah, your dad's dead, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so was Peter Pettigrew. True. But, well, the interesting thing, again, about that is that uh, it's Harry Potter suddenly recognizing himself, or mistakenly recognizing himself as a man, mm-hmm. as opposed to a boy. And, it, and out of anything, he kind of sees his father and himself and how that's like actually this, this wonderful kind of moment about like kind of growing up from boyhood into manhood yeah. where, uh, him being acting like, like a, an adult in mm-hmm. the future, uh, his past self kind of saw that as being like an, like a whole other person, like this adult, this man or everything like that. And that, sure. that was, no, that was really nice. And that's why like, again, like the time travel thing, whatever. It worked for you. It worked because again, it told a deeper story. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the kind of thing like the like like the mechanism has to do. Yeah. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yeah, exactly. So like that. So that stuff was great, and I loved uh, for the most part. Oh, I, I should talk about this. Did you love Lupin? It's it's no wonder that uh, did you figure out he was a werewolf? Uh, I kind of knew that beforehand. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> played by David Thewlis. David Thewlis, yeah. the well, great David Thewlis. Great David Thewlis, who was apparently um. It was, I think, Koran's... No, no, it wasn't his. It was, like, David Yates's and J.K. Rowling's favorite character. He's a great character. Apparently, so... Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Um, And, uh, so, no, like, it really it really makes sense that J.K. Rowling got into, like, mysteries after this with her... Yeah, uh, I was gonna bring that up to you, yeah. the whole Galbraith series. Yeah, just because, um, again, it, it's... It, like, there's a lot of, like, kind of, like, leave, like leaving crumbs that you don't realize mm-hmm. are actually crumbs until they kind of pay off later on. Yeah, these books function as mysteries. Th- they do. Do all of them function as mysteries? They do. Okay. All of them is always some kind of mystery involving Hogwarts or the magical world at large. And even if Harry doesn't realize he must solve a mystery, it's inevitably about that. Yeah. There's ultimately, like, in this, you don't necessarily think that there's a mystery. Mm-hmm. You just think that, like, oh, he's trying to... Uh, not be killed by the mysterious Sirius Black. Gary Oldman. But, A.K.A. Gary Oldman. Um, but, like, but ultimately, there's, like, this mystery that kind of unfolds and whatnot. And it's very much like the mystery. Like, it's very, like, mystery genre-y. Yeah. And everything like that. And I always thought that was kind of interesting how these books are always sold as, like, uh, like action adventure fantastical stories about growing up. But, mm-hmm. like, but kind of, like, the, the shape that they kind of come in. Are mysteries? Yeah, like, they're more like single location mysteries. Yeah, and it's it's that, pretty cool. I've, I never recognized that as a child. It's it's never yeah like, and it's something that like again coming into this the first time around I picked up immediately. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, yeah, like this time I'm rereading it I'm like oh yeah this is a fucking mystery novel. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> great edition. Yeah, no. fuck yeah. We are just nothing but great editions. We're nothing but we're the, we can, we should form yeah. a band and call ourselves John Stavik and the Great Editions. Okay. I don't know. What? Jesus. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Nothing. Okay. What? Were you going to say something beforehand? Before um, well, the bit, just basically asking you to follow up. With which part? <laughs> With the whole thing. Okay. So, the mystery talk. So, no, no, Daniel, yeah. would you say that you liked it? Uh, Yeah, for the most... Well, how about this? I liked it much more than I liked the previous two. Or, you didn't read the second one. <laughs> I, I, as a kid, I kind of... I read, like, the first yeah. half of it, and then I just, like, put it aside. Well, that, was, like, that's a relief that. in it, because that, honestly, like, like this is where it starts to get good. Uh-huh. That where the emotional writing, the intellectual writing, it's only better and better here. A lot of people I know, their favorite is number four. That they love the whole the whole Goblet of Fire Tri Wizard Tournament thing. It's what, very interesting. Which one's five your favorite? Which one? Is that? Number five is Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. That's the one I'd never remember the title of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one's my absolute favorite. Yeah, but um, and that's yeah. No, I I like this one like a bunch more than I like the previous two. That's great. I'm still getting over the thing of it. 
as you said before, like uh, we're kind of like the prelude before we actually talk about how we felt about it, is that people are ravenous about these books. Like, no, I, I understand your desire to be cautious, or like uh, there are a lot of things I've refused to get into, uh-huh. and then now that I'm slow, when I start to slowly try it out, I then I must I have to enter I have to walk cautiously. Yeah, well, it's it's not caution. It's more like. Every time I pick up these books, it has to. It weighs against the immense popularity of mm-hmm. them. We're like it's like me and Thrones. Like yeah, I we're feel like, like I could. It's it's so weird to get into it's something. It's become a weird act of resistance to not do it after it's become like a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, like you know, and like that's what I mean. Especially with like the the first book and everything like that. It was so hard to get to because every time like I know like working in a bookstore and seeing all the stupid Harry Potter junk no, that they're sense. hawking and everything that's absolute junk Stephen but, but and everything like that and then and then pick up the first book just being like this isn't this like this like and it's it's always kind of like the problem not the problem like the um the like the kind of hang up that that, that is weighing around that first one because sure. it is a simple straightforward children's book mm-hmm. but like it to pick that up as someone who isn't familiar with it already or doesn't pick it up and immediately love returning to it yeah that like it's hard to like pick it up and then kind of weigh it against the fucking like franchise and like the 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 fandom and everything that it's kind of weird to go into because it doesn't it's very heavy it doesn't really pick it up and even this one to be honest like for like the first like half of it or so like it's still it's still like kind of like it's still feeling itself out in terms of where it wants to go it's still where where like the first kind of two books were you know like they're very much like there's like boy adventures but it's not as bad i hate the the chosen oneness harry potter doesn't do anything active besides like he just shows up and everyone just goes like you're the best one of us mm-hmm. and he's like oh gee and you're, you're a wizard you're mm-hmm. immensely wealthy mm-hmm. you have a you have this guy who's it's actively coming after you it, it's it's completely wish fulfillment. i can tell you that as it goes on it becomes so much less about wish fulfillment as much as it is about growing up and the pressures put upon you on expectations of something that you're meant to be. Yeah, and it, it, I, I can. I'm. This is all great news. Mm-hmm. In, in the great words of uh, the great Harris Whittles, this is a great start. This is. I'm, I'm <laughs> loving what I'm hearing because that means you're only gonna love what happens next. Yeah, and and look, like that's that's. And, and like, if anyone wants to tell me that book two, like the idea you told me that the over the guys in the overdue podcast is like books one, two, and three, greatest achievement in literature. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? But here's the thing, people brain. do legit think that. Like, and, and like, I, I wonder. I want to know why. I want to pick their brain. Strand eighty, and don't be wrong. Like, Actually, strand, that's a good we, we can talk about this. We can talk definitely talk about this too. Where like a strand eighty, like their thing is also based on sales. Yeah. So like, there's a reason why the top spot and like one, two, and three. There's not really like it's not like they don't say that like their list based on like the kind of like most important to like mm-hmm. least, like least quote unquote important of like the, the, yeah. the listing there's of things. No, there's no reason why yeah. Handmaid's Tale is tied of Dorian Gray way at number 80, way below everyone else. I feel like, Han- insane. I feel Handmaid's Tale only hit that 80 spot because probably when that list came out, like it was just getting traction again. The, it was the, kind of returning. That list has been out for a long time. The Strain 80 has been? Yeah. Okay. So it's before that. It wasn't like a late edition where like after like the show came out. No, and, and I, think just been, like, hey, I think the Strain 80 had been around there. since we'd been visiting there in like the, the late odds. Okay. Well, the, okay. Well, I'm wrong about it. But anyway, but, but that said, like usually the top spots are the more exalted spots. Like number one is To Kill a Mockingbird, you yeah. know? Um. So, and the top spot is, what the fuck's it called? Sorcerer's Stone. 
mm-hmm. the first book. And it's just because it sells the most, right? Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. And like, as, as much as you, as much as you love like the latter books, Yo. it didn't sell as many copies as the first one because that's what the one everyone buys. It makes sense. And that's why it's at the top spot. But so, anyway, but... You know, um, I have, I have two kind of points, okay. two fun points about this book that I want to bring up because clearly you're down. You're not in, mm-hmm. but you're down, probably because you have to do it for the show that we do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, random question. Okay. Do you know who Bottom. Harry ends up with at the end? Yes. Okay. So Ginny? He ends up with Ginny. Okay. Book wasn't two she, wasn't book she two is Asian a, or something like that in the movie. No, Ginny is Ron's sister. Yeah, wasn't he banging like some, some uh, an Asian? That's girl? Cho Chang who you meet in this one. We did? Yeah. I she missed was her. the seeker of Ravenclaw. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Wait, Ravenclaw? Harry got Asian fever. Wait, huh? okay, so what are the four? Okay, the four houses are Gryffindor, Slytherin, Bacardi, and Svetka. Svetka. Slytherin. Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. What's what's the, the thing about Raven? I don't remember. Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw are the smart ones. Okay. Gryffindor means you're brave. Ravenclaw means you're smart. Hufflepuff means you're kind. Slytherin means you're crafty. Okay. Yeah, that always bummed me out. That and, always bummed me out too. And oh, that is th- everything I hear about Cursed Child pisses me off. About which one, Cursed Child? Yeah, no. everything. I, everything I, about it. I don't even know. Well, uh, it's um, it's a fucking play. It's a play. <laughs> okay. The premise is that uh, spoiler. The premise is that um, Harry, um, Harry's one of Harry's sons, um, ends up in Slytherin, and he's like, oh no, is I'm a Slytherin. Albert, Albus, Albus, Severin, Albus Severus, Sever, Severus, mm-hmm. Severus. It's um, uh, it's uh. What was his name from Social Network? Alberto Severin. Anyway, so Daniel, there's his. So that's that's my loftier question. Mm-hmm. So you know he ends up with Ginny. Yes. There is a huge camp, including Rowling herself, who was like, maybe he shouldn't end up. Maybe that's not how it should have worked out. Because personally, having read this again, I'm like, oh fuck, Harry should have ended up with Hermione instead of fucking Ron. It's it's a bit of like subversion where I think you'll, it's a bit too. You'll, you'll see more later as it goes on. That by the end of the series, you're like, oh, of course she ends up with Ron. That's kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, Any whoozles. Okay. Let's not worry about that. That's that's a dumb question. Okay. So <laughs> that was your big question. No, no, okay. the, this is the big question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Big so, question. Bottom. Okay. And never mind. Let's move on. All right. No, the whole thing is uh, apparently Rowling has gone into on record saying that the Dementors. Um, are basically a depiction of depression. So she suffered um, greatly from depression growing up and also um, while writing these books that it's that feeling of like a crushing feeling from these dementors that um, she writes, I I think she writes very eloquently about and not in a way that I recognized growing up about what it means to be swallowed by this kind of thing. Did you catch up on that at all? Uh, no, I could totally see that. Um, I, I, maybe I'm, maybe I might not have thought about that, but I can definitely understand that, that kind of depiction of it. Because and, everyone knows you solve the pressure of chocolate. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and also sending your Patronus fucking at it. Yeah. Uh, this is the depiction of joy, yeah. which is, I, I find that's one of those which great. A stag. It's a stag of a big old prongs. What's the, what's the thing? Prongs? Prongs. I like how Harry Potter Prongs, looks, dog. looks at the looks at the 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 the, the thing the steer and just goes Stag. prongs prongs and I was just like prongs hey they're a bunch like, of goofy teenage boys yeah on. what they deer dick no <laughs> deer dick when I see it what else I, would it be when I see a thing I'll be like wow look at those antlers I don't think prongs antlers That's is a, a dumb name prongs thing. is a way better name antlers is a dumb name master Podfoot. Padfoot what 
Prongs and Padfoot. Yeah, but I, I, my mind, uh, maybe, okay, maybe it was the thing where, like, his mind went to prongs from, like, the, the, the authors of the Marauder's Map or whatever I'm going to call it. And, uh, yes. and so, like, it's the idea that, like, he went there and he, his mind went to prongs, which was one of the authors of that. He is the author of that. I mean, the prongs is. Yes. Yeah. Um, prongs. What was his name? Uh, wait, can, let me see if I remember. James. James. James Potter. James Potter. Yeah. James Potter's prongs. James Patter's prongs. James Patterson is prongs. James Patterson po- pocketed. Harry Patterson Potter's pocketed. Prongs. There you go. James Patterson's prongs. Prongs. <laughs> liar, liar. That's it. I'm sorry. What was the question? That was basically it. <laughs> oh, but, um, did, did I understand? I, that? I feel like that, that's that's something that slips past younger readers that appreciates only more of older readers. That there's there's a lot more happening under the bubble here. No, it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a really ingenious kind of ingenious. Ingenious. Uh, a kind of disingenuous like, kind of way to like make like a physical manifestation of of depression. Um, especially because like the whole thing was like the Dementors. I don't get that. But no, yeah, you're right. It does make a ton of sense, especially because like the idea that. It, uh, the Patronus, again, as you said, is like a uh, an external uh, mm-hmm. uh, f- expression of joy. Expression of someone's joy, which is a fucking moose. <laughs> it's a moose. It's a moose it's in not this. A moose. Uh, it's a stag. It's a stag. It's it's a spirit. Of, it's the spirit of the forest. Mm-hmm. It's um, a buck. Yeah. Exactly. You shoot its fucking head off, and everything. All the water gets weird. It's a great movie. Uh, it's a great movie. But no, no. Uh, um, did I see that a few in theaters? No, I never saw it in theaters. Oh, I saw it at the at the local art house theater in Pennsylvania. I had a, I had, I a, got drunk. Not together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I hate to bring that up, but um, no, it's I have a weird relationship where like the first time I saw that, it's a bit like the first time I saw Spirit Away, where like I didn't really get it, mm-hmm. I didn't really appreciate it, and then like every time I see it, I love that movie more. Like if I were to watch it again, I would watch, I would love that movie more. Boy, man, like like I saw that no, no, movie no, no, and it. No, 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 no. no. Jesus. I put a little bit of piss in your bottle. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, no, I'm trying to think about anything else that I would actually have to say that, like, is an argument against this, but, like... Listeners, um, if you have any accusations, any questions, any suggestions for Daniel, please DM him at <laughs> Slow Readers on Instagram, because Daniel welcomes all messages, and maybe some of you will be more sober than I am in accusing him of not liking this. <laughs> No, here's the no. I do. No, like, I know you. I do I, like I'm it so enough. Glad like this is do. this is half of like the story that I don't care about, and half mm-hmm. the story. It's like okay, I appreciate. Dude, this you want to watch the movie tonight? I was actually considering watching this movie instead of reading the last third of it, but the last third of the last, actually last quarter, last quarter of it read very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they all read very firebolt. Um, but no, here's the thing, and this is kind of like the overarching kind of like theme I want to kind of put forward, is that like. You you can't do me wrong. If you want to, you can DM me, question me about my feelings or whatever. Slide into those. Or here's the thing: if you're a thoughtful person, don't. Because like I don't want to talk. If you love this series, Damn, you love it. Interactive for sure. No, that's the thing. If you want to, go for it. Definitely but, do it. Don't. But if you want to be thoughtful about it, don't. Don't because call them not thoughtful. You're not going to convince me that that I don't love the story as much as you love it. That you grew up in love and read the whole thing and and probably also grew up with it. And I'm not going to convince you why it's not as strong as you think it is because you love it. You know, like that's not how people don't like things that they don't like. And I find that a lot of especially like going like I've been focusing on a lot of like critical reviews of things like Michael Haneke's film, like uh, funny games Him too. Um, funny games, which always got like 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 somewhere between like middling to hostile negative reviews mm-hmm. because like they didn't end up most disappointed. I'm like, what? You didn't get it? Like, you know, but, 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 um, but like the, it's a whole thing where like, it's 
people don't like things and then they kind of rationalize why they don't like things, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't really, I'm, and I'll be the one to say that's like, well, I kind of don't like it. Uh, not necessarily this one again, but like kind of like the early parts mm -hmm. of, of the Harry Potter series for various reasons and whatnot. But like overall, it's like, I'm not that terribly into this whole thing. And mm -hmm. even going forward, like reading the next one, I'll actually be a little, a, a little less um, reluctant and a little less not looking forward to it than mm -hmm. I was before, which is hard parts over, which is great. Right. But like, I'm sure there's still also people out there like that fucking guy on fucking uh, overdue mm -hmm. who thinks the first, it was specifically said the first three books are the best of the series. Like that's, that's being fucking ins insultingly weird, hyperbolic. Right? Yeah. Like for me, like, like if you're going to make a hyperbolic statement like that, you better be joking or you better have me a fucking 50 volume thesis to explain me why. Or here's the thing. I'm sure there's lots of people like out of anything, if anyone wants to argue that that's a stronger statement than I've said anything of my opinion on any of this. If you honestly think that the first three Harry Potter books are the best, much better than the other ones. Uh, message at Gabriel. You guys have a lot more. No, to, come to, at to me. Come at Gabriel. Do it. And Honestly, if any of you love Lord of the Rings and want to try to convince me, I welcome the challenge. I, I think that, that that's a fundamental dis like a difference you and I have. That um, I, I feel like there's a lot of joyful discussion to be had in convince me why you like this. Yeah. You... Because for me, a contextualization oftentimes is everything. That if you can find me the social, the context historically, I mean, we were talking about on the waterfront yesterday. Yes. Underwater, I didn't like underwaterfront until someone told me the context of it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to be said about the history, the space, the time that makes something much more enjoyable. And if you tell me what makes something make sense to you, then maybe I'll see it too. That's why I feel like it's a worthwhile argument. Never stop telling me why you like something or why you don't like something because one it would give me abject joy to prove you wrong mm -hmm. or two it would be fascinating to learn why i'm wrong that and in my old show tradesies <laughs> you told me you said the words why would i bother defending what i like and i'm like fuck you that's the point of the show yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea is tell me what it is you like about something express yourself what joy did it bring you? Because that's the most fascinating thing to me. What did this indicate to you? What do you love about it? And I think shutting that out is denying yourself something really essential to a medium, to any kind of work of art. That I might like the Mona Lisa more because you tell me that it reminds you of your mother. Because that makes me think, why does it do that? That sounds very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. That there's so much more to learn about someone's opinion. People have endless shitty opinions, but I'd love to learn about why you love something. My opinion about why I hate Lord of the Rings is worth so much less than someone's opinion of why they love it. And I want to hear why you love it. All right. And, uh, you prick. And I've always kind of been on like the flip side of that where it's like it's it sounds nice to basically go to somebody who either loves or hates something and, and they want to say this is they don't because the argument is is hardly ever and especially in like the internet age and everything like that, let I mean, alone face to face. Yeah. It's re it's like, if you say you don't like Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit, actually the Hobbit. And, and I would go to you and be like, well, this is why I love the Hobbit. And there is no argument. There's no, I mean, it's, it's a bit, it's a conversation to be wrong, mm -hmm. but like you still don't like it for X, Y, and Z. Whereas I'll love it for a, B and C. And like, I mean, it doesn't really like, that's, that's my point. Yeah. Let's have a conversation uh -huh. that I want to hear it. Cause you might prove me wrong. 
And I would love to be proven wrong. Tell me why I should love something I hate. It's because that's great news. You are giving me something. But it doesn't. It doesn't prove you wrong. You're you're fine in terms of your dislike of something, though. Like if you don't like Harry Potter, you don't uh, Harry Potter, Harry Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> same thing, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but like if if you don't if you don't like it, you're not wrong. Like you, if but you don't I, like something, my, my impression could be incorrect. Your impression? My opinion might not be wrong, but my impression could be incorrect. It could be that I'm approaching it from a wrong context. It, it, context is often everything. It, it is. I feel like I could convince... I feel like if I if you give me a PowerPoint, I could convince you why East of Eden, the movie, is better than a book. No, I'm sure you, yeah, you can. And that's my point. And that a, the and idea a, is there is there is context, there's understanding, there's a place. That's why college exists. It's, I, I, it's a, there's a conference lectures there's conversations to be had yeah i just i just don't like it when someone like this like that's probably why i dropped out of college (laughs) i had i had a philosophy professor in a class that said hold all questions till after class please i'm like this is philosophy class in in college i'm not paying you to fucking talk at me about philosophy yeah but that's what college is i know because college sucks but school's dumb and and that don't get me wrong that is that isn't that is a thing that i've i feel like i'm kind of like deepening my understanding of it's the whole it is the idea that you can come up with like a a point by point kind of like powerpoint kind of presentation of that's very eloquent and whatnot Mm -hmm. to describe why east of eden the movie is better than the book Mm -hmm. but it essentially begins with the idea that you truly enjoy and appreciate east of eden the movie more than the book but won't that if some of they if they manage to do it but won't that appreciate your appreciate won't that increase your appreciation for the work not not always well, I, mean, well, I mean like if it's successful i mean i think the my, my point is the endeavor itself is worthwhile the endeavor okay. Yours, you, you've, you've been saying to me for years uh-huh. the endeavor is not worthwhile the endeavor is not worthwhile to to convince someone that you like something because I don't think people change their minds in that way. I've changed my mind plenty of times, but like, like I just said, like on the waterfront, I don't like on. I I watched that movie, no I, context. I was gonna say, have you changed your mind on that? I didn't. I have. That. Okay. No, the first time I watched it, I rented it from the blockbuster I was working in two thousand six. I'm like, what? What's the big fucking deal about this movie? Then I took a class on it. Then I'm like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. That's amazing. That's brutal, brilliant, and it's. I think that's that's an amazing movie only in the context which is unfortunate well that's the thing you appreciate the movie more but do you like it more yeah all right way more that movie's about snitching and it's great uh, yeah and uh that's and, a, and that's like, like oh the, i i we'll talk about this on our east of eden episode because okay. we're combining that talk with it because understanding something and understanding where someone comes from and understanding the place and their relation to an art can make you appreciate what it is. That's why you go to a museum and you get the recording thing where you put your headphones in and explain the history of something. Yeah. That's why people like doing it. They like guided tours. I went to the Getty Museum like a couple of weeks ago and I definitely I stood in line for fucking 20 minutes trying to get my goddamn headphone goddamn thing. And I love the art so much more after learning about why it's important. Yeah. And it's, and that can also, that might be more of like a deeper argument about like how art should be appreciated. Like, for example, if you look at a painting, technically, mm-hmm. and, and maybe there's different, there's different ways to look at this and also different schools of thought in terms of like the creation of it. Yeah, there's that book, Ways of Seeing by John Berger. There is like, technically, if you look at a painting, you should be able to get everything you need from that painting. Like mm-hmm. the painting should not come with cliff notes. True. Technically. Mm-hmm. But then again, of course... 
especially with paintings, for example, that are hundreds of years old. Yeah. That like, oh, you need the you need the cliff notes. You mm-hmm. need to. It... I think the Mona Lisa is a bad example because that's a laden of insane kind of information. But yeah. do you do you like your Renoir's based on exactly what you see in first impression, or just from staring at it versus what you learn about it? No, that's maybe that's actually why I like um, not necessarily Renoir, but like Manet, for example. Mm-hmm. Renoir, you Renoir. Manet, you, Ronnie, you you kind of like you you pretty much look at it for the most part and kind of get it. The, I mean, don't get me wrong. Even that's hard to gauge because, like, for example, um, uh, the railroad, which is a really great painting. Um, that was something that was one hundred percent explained to me, and that's what kind of like kind of broke me through like understanding how Manet works. Mm-hmm. Um, which is always like, of course, the importance of like kind of educating yourself and how to read something. Sure, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, but like that's what pop like, art's entirely all about. And again, like this is we're gonna we like this is like an immense conversation we're getting to. It's like should a painting kind of stand on its own, or should a painting be described with its context before you fully under before you fully give like your appreciation or not appreciation of the thing um have you ever read film crit hulks who i absolutely hate the gimmick but have you ever read his essay about appreciating uh about um i think it's about man of steel was that the one that was written in all caps all the film crit hulks writings in all caps see no well, uh, you told me to read something that was important in that kind of in the, yeah. in that thing. About... And he has this wonderful bit about it. It's that um, the purpose of a of a critic, not necessarily a critic, of an informed opinion versus your opinion as a regular person. Like you and I could both see Man of Steel mm-hmm. and think. One of us thinks it's great. One of us thinks it's damaged beyond repair. Uh-huh. It's the same conversation as a regular person and a mechanic looking at a car. One person says, my car runs. It's fine. I don't need to worry about it. You're trying to rip me off. And the mechanic says, no, if you look at it at all, if you look under the hood, if you understand the, like how it works, if you understand how the medium works, going back to art, uh-huh. then you know this is a severe this thing's barely operating at all and the person one would say i you're trying to rip me off this is fine and then when it breaks down then they complain they can complain even further mm-hmm. that understanding art understanding medium you need to come from a certain place to appreciate it there's a lot to say about first impressions but at the same time some people, and here's what this is what coming back. This is what I want to hear. Uh-huh. I want to hear the informed opinion who knows why this is good, and if you can tell me why you know it's good, and I still disagree, then I'm just wrong, and that's fine. I just don't like it, and I think the person having said it to me can respectfully say, "I think you just don't like this," and then that's fine. I think when it comes, you and I, we're writers. We have a podcast about literature. It's what? our. We do? I know somehow it's our place to to appreciate to learn about art, appreciate it, learn about the perspectives on it, and if we research as well as we should and we get the opinions as well as we should, then like if everyone can tell me what's great about the Hobbit and I'm still not convinced, then I just don't like it, mm-hmm. and then then that's fine. I, honestly, I would categorize that as being I'm probably wrong, but realistically i just don't like it then yeah so why does nobody really complain too much about the fact that like the a lot of these books are people ex- uh, explaining ex ex giving exposition towards harry potter about what is going on and what he, wh- who he is what the world is and everything like that Wait, each book 
so far, especially again, I like think the each first book, book is, is for as... a lot of picking up. I mean, like there's a lot of exposition in this. It's there's a lot of exposition. There is. Does I that... don't need a. Re- I don't really need a reminder to about what how Quidditch works, <laughs> but I guess it's it's for people who are picking it up randomly. Yeah, and I don't. And again, like I don't. You, wanna... you have to. You still have to surf to the cheap seats. It, 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 and like it, it makes sense because like again, like in the first book, it it does make sense in the fact that like Harry Potter's an outsider and he's basically being introduced to this whole fantastical world, mm-hmm. but it's through people explaining the world to him instead of having like a more kind of like organic kind of thing as or like him or like a protagonist who's like a little more active as opposed to because Harry Potter is like f- for me and again. For the first two, this one it starts to break that towards the end, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Is like an ex- is like the worst kind of passive kind of uh, a protagonist where he he's passive, he doesn't do anything, but he is great. And th- that was the fucking worst thing about that first book that I no hated. I under- no you're right and you're and, not wrong and uh and but at the same time I'm just like why like don't be wrong you can love the series you can love where things go I think Rowling does a good job of giving him internal in book reasons why he must do something mm-hmm. on a purely emotional scale but go on yeah and and again like i hate to kind of like lean on that crutch about saying like a protagonist should be active mm-hmm. but i also like well, you're right i, I also agree. love storytelling that it is extremely active that it's not expository and it's then not... you're gonna love book five sure i book mean five is the first time harry does fucking anything actually yeah that even in book four which is ever which is a lot of people's favorite you know the premise is this huge tournament comes to hogwarts where there's two other rival schools and then they must all participate in this thing and you know and harry it's it's very it's comical honestly to me at this point where Harry's like, oh boy, I can't wait to find out who is the Hogwarts champion to participate in this contest. And then his name pops out of the thing along with another dude. And Harry's like, what the fuck? I, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. I'm not participating in these games. And then the book does like a double somersault to be like, well, looks like Harry has participated in these games. And I remember even then being like, come on the, yeah book five is the first time where harry takes initiative mm-hmm. in his whole fucking life which is why it's my favorite no and i can't and I, I definitely am and this is always the hard thing about getting into a series everybody loves where especially if the early parts are kind of like rough mm-hmm. where it's like people are just like it gets better eventually down the line yeah. and like wrong, i believe it and it's I, and, a flaw of the system and i i definitely do appreciate the 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 kind of nuances that kind of late in this in this book but like it, and it's always, and this has always been the, the the hard thing about getting into Harry Potter, or your art. Like you're, try, people are trying to get you into this when they're trying to get you into like the early stuff that really isn't. I always said like not my speed. It's not my thing. As yeah. opposed to just like saying like I don't think it's good for these reasons because mm-hmm. it's like you love it for this reasons, and I don't. Yeah. I don't necessarily get into that and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like. It's... Yeah, I, I'm not one to object to place my opinions in a kind of objective truth. You will rarely hear me say something like, this movie sucks. Yeah. I will say, I hate that movie. Yeah. Although that was your opinion on The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it sucks. No, please come at me. Explain to me why it's good. Jonathan Hayes, get at him. Sean, we need you. Get him. He's a bastard. It's Throw the, those. Trust <laughs> Carol Oates, a zombie at him. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm a fucking. That's a fucking I'm gonna love oh, it. man, that, that book's fucking hard, man. Yeah, I believe it. But uh, I tell you, anyway. let's go on break because I think really long. we're going extremely long, even for our 100 episode. 100 episodes. Let's go on break when we come back. We're gonna give our final thoughts. 
Uh, Shawlan Hazers, hazy memories. Then play a game. Talk about what we're gonna do next then time. Then reflect on the future. And I reflect on the future. All right, let's go on break. Break. Welcome back, dear listener. We're nearly headless Nick and the Bloody Baron. Is that a re- is that a Harry Potter reference? It is. It's a it's the band who plays. No. <laughs> there was there was one scene i saw i also by the way you know i also have not seen any of the harry potter movies except for it was like a scene from the fourth or fifth ones where there was like a dance or something like that that's number four okay and i remember like actually like coming into it being like oh this is so charming and warm yeah and then i would go to fucking uh, uh, Sorcerer's Stone and everyone's just like do you not know about so and so no you don't know about so and so let me tell you the about so and so the best thing about the first movie is the music wait what oh who does the music John Williams John Williams John Williams okay the that's... Harry Potter theme is as iconic as like Star Wars theme yeah that's uh that's an interesting thing about that welcome back to Listener Raises the Star Raiders by Top Gun Radio what up uh, show my 100, 100 fucking episodes. episodes of this nonsense. And we're celebrated by drinking brute. Yep. Of of like rapidly swinging from nonsense to intense talks about the history of art. Yeah, and just like art cri- art criticism. And uh yeah, and and as as always the <laughs> let me get my head back over. And as always the uh the argument is between Gabriel being the optimist and whatever we're talking about and me being the cynic and everything. Sure. I mean the that, uh, that's that's still what it is where you know I'm, I'm more of an idealist you're more of a realist idealist that's that's the more i that's the more positive way of kind of putting that whereas like mm-hmm. i always think like like i'm the cynic or... i'm not optimistic are you kidding me whereas i truly yeah no that's that's that's, that's if you offered me heroin tomorrow i'd do it you would no okay heroin's scary man i mean not I you you wouldn't know how to do it no i don't know where to scare yeah. i don't want to scare i don't want to scare up some fucking heroin yeah it would have to be a really really attractive professional woman to get you into heroin? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not a thing anymore. Okay. Anyway. So, uh, clearly this is a book podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a literature podcast. Oh, my God. So You know what? Um, you've been here for 100 episodes. You know what you got into. Well, this is 100 episodes. And look, like, if you think this is rough, fucking go to those early episodes, yeah, man. Yeah, boy. They're sweaty. Well, I active. I do it wrong. I actively. And I'm the kind of. audio quality I'm, I'm alone. Happy. I'm happy that, that I was doing this for, like, the first, like, hundred or so episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actively was all about confusing the audience. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I was, I'm fine with that. Because at this point, it's, like, a little straighter. But, like, we know that, you know, it just, it needs to be, like, a little more mm-hmm. focused. I'm fine with that. Here's yeah. a, here's yeah, a really. alt-comedy podcast. Here's an interesting thing I could give with all kind of, like, creators out there, all artists. Artistas. Is that, like, listen, especially when you're young and you're starting out, fucking veer towards failure, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the, it's, like, like because everyone's... It's, like, it's how you should appreciate, like, appreciate and approach, like, Dark Souls or Sekiro. Yeah, where that's that's very... All much... of Daniel's life philosophies <laughs> also refer to Sekiro. It, essentially, I learned all my life lessons from playing Dark Souls, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's it's you veer towards failure as because everyone is everyone and it's definitely natural. Everyone is terrified of failure. And like people always think that like, especially when you spend months, if not years on something that like it needs to be perfect. It needs to be the best thing in the world. And it's not. It's not going to be. It's, it's all experiential. It, it, it is ex- experiential is one thing, mm-hmm. or it's just like whatever. Like if you ever hear about like Elmer Leonard kind of like hitting success after like mm-hmm. seventeen years of failure. After after so many years of trying to get that wabbit. Yeah. 
I'm a liner because I I I, I, mm-hmm, I get mm-hmm. a good job. But no, I, I wish I preach. I I can't say that word now. I wish I approached my, I could I could still my I artistic endeavors as much as I approached like my love life because I was always like, well, I made a mistake. Time to move on. And now I'll try to write something. And be like, nope, it's not perfect. At page one, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, and, and Harry get, Potter. Harry, yeah, we're talking about Harry Potter. Wizard School Parts Three. And the Prisoners of Abracadabra. Azerbaijan. Abracadabra. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. gonna reach out and grab you, Gabriel. Yep. Fucking Sugar Ray. Is that a goddamn Sugar Ray song? Abra, Abracadabra, Abracadabra. No, I believe no, that's no, no, some, no. reach uh, out and grab. I believe you. that's yes. Was that a cover? Yes. Okay. I believe a band called Yes sang that song. Come on, Sugar Ray. Come on. <laughs> Jeez, get your shit Abra. together. Cadabra. So uh, this is the part of the show. Out. Let's do uh, let's do final thoughts, right? Um, what oh, no, I was about a Steve Miller band. Steve Miller band, really? <laughs> oh wow. I guess so. I, I, I thought have... that was like like yes or something. That's interesting. Okay, Gabriel. Uh, whatever. Gabriel, how dare yes, you? Yes, Daniel. Don't Jesus to, fucking Christ. Don't go on a oh tangent. My God. All right. All right. Jesus, this is a book podcast. We should find out What is this? Some kind of a comic book medium? What's combining all the people? Tangent media? Ga- Gabriel. What? So. Yep. Final thoughts. Harry Potter, a.k.a. Wizard's Quote Part 3. Mm-hmm. Prisoner of Azkaban. A.k.a. Prisoner of Abracadabra. Mm-hmm. So what are your final thoughts? Do you have anything at, at the at the stretch mark to kind of give your at final... At the stretch mark? Stretch mark. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> at the home stretch. At the home stretch. Jesus Christ. At the home stretch. Okay. Uh, ellipses. Mark. Uh huh. So, <laughs> Gabriel, what okay. is what? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember how much utter joy I felt reading this the very first time. That you know, being the age appropriate for it, being 13, 14, readings for the first time. 1999, by the way, that's when this this book came. I remember out. I read it a little bit later. I I was in eighth grade or so. And it was, uh, it it made it feel like you could fly. I think I I'm sorry that you didn't get a chance to read this when you were younger, because mm-hmm. that's unfortunate. That I mean, I know you were a weird Lovecraft child, but what? <laughs> I mean that yet yeah, you were someone who loved like the unknown and Equator Mass, that kind of thing. You liked horror growing up. Uh, yeah, I, well, yeah, actually, I yeah. think so. Yeah, good point. But reading this as a person who loved his Star Wars, loved his heroes' journeys. This was this was life changing. Prisoner of Azkaban. It was amazing. It 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 made you want to fly. And then I remember, I was in Boy Scout camp, and my 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 tent mate, he got. Um, I I read part four there at camp because he brought his copy with him because he just had to get through it, and I did too. And you know, it just reminds you of how much joy you had of these fantastical stories of. I mean, this was our Star Wars. It was what made you believe like you could be a hero. But um, reading it now, I'm like, hmm. Hermione and Ron are a bad match as adults. I think Ron. I think I think Harry and Hermione should get together. It's just thinking realistically about it. it oh, that's all about depression. It, it's like, and I just look forward now to the rest of the books because this is the starting point. This is, this is the starting point, and I and again like. If someone had like kind of gotten me into this when I was a kid, yeah, like I, I definitely do think this would have been something to get into because, and like you know, I hate to have like the same opinion I had when I was like fucking twelve or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe younger, but like yeah, like those, those first two books just like aren't really my thing, and and but this one actually, more than anything, this one actually shows depth. 
Yeah. And uh, the the first two books didn't have that. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I didn't read all of the second one. No, but... I'd agree with you. I think like the first and two, the first two have depth for sure. It's just. It's nothing compared to where it starts going from here. That if this, if book three had not been as good as it was, Harry Potter would have just been a middling kid series, not a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Like, and I'm curious because every person who's tried Why to Why else would you get a Mexican to direct a third movie? I know that's fucking cool, huh? Um, but, uh, no, I, I'm so curious because again, like the people, every, everyone, and I feel like I've said this before with a little more clarity. It's been a while. But uh, it's been a while. Let me fucking say it. All right. Uh, it's the, the the idea that people have been have said as much that like. Yeah. Everyone... How does it feel now that you finally read the one? Everyone's like, dude, you gotta get the book three. Well, that's the thing. Like, and again, there's so much pressure on that. It's like yeah. trying to read. It's trying to read like uh, trying to like finish season two of Supernatural. Something like that. That's fucking forty eight hours. No, <laughs> which well, it's it's a different kind of pressure, but like. It's like, I don't know, it's like everybody who hasn't grown up watching Star Wars and, like, your boyfriend when you're 28 yeah. gets you to be like, you have to, and then you watch Star Wars and you're just like, yeah, it's fine. Some God, things are a better scene of kid goggles on. Yeah, it is. And and that's always been, like, a, I always feel like that was, the, I always felt that was the case with, like, those, especially, like, that first Harry Potter book. No, you're totally right. And uh, and uh, if you ever want to talk about where me and Gabriel really dis not really disagree yeah disagree yeah we're very much disagree but like for example like earthbound we have an argument where mm. like um or like do you not like earthbound I, it didn't grab me it was too it was way way too slow and it was kind of charming but like it just didn't it, it didn't absorb me it's glacial it but is, once you get into it it's one of the best video games in history but the, and that's the thing where like i feel like if you got in you got into it when you were younger yeah which is like when i should have gotten into it and like when you See, i don't know about that i well, mean you just haven't committed to it here's the thing like, i'm angry video game nerd did a very oddly serious video about trying to play that game for the first time at age like 36 uh-huh. and he loved it but like you have to stick with it right until you have to commit and that's a th- if you're impatient, it's just not going to happen. And that's what I'm like with Harry Potter, where it's like, yeah, well, no, people be impatient. People say that like, oh, it gets good, but I don't like the beginning. How would you tell <laughs> someone to get through Game of Thrones if they didn't like the beginning? It's great from the beginning, I would say. What if they don't agree with you? Well, that, then they don't agree with me. And they're not going to like. Then the they rest have of the you series. tell them they have to be patient. No, but they're not. You have gonna, to get through it. If you don't, so like... many like like if you judge a book only by its chapter one, it's never going to happen. So many of these are very slow from the get go. And don't get me wrong, like I, I'm trying to think about this, where it's like, if if you told me to read chapter one of All the Pretty Horses and not continue, I'd be like, mer. And I read the whole thing, and I think it's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. And hey, first off, I would dare say that the first chapter of All the Horses is great. Also, the first chapter... It's me, John Grady Cole. I have a knife. Here's my heart. That is the that is the <laughs> worst... That is the worst representation of All the Pretty Horses I'm you John possibly could have come up with. I'm John Grady Cole. I'm John... Check my out name my is... knife. Hi, welcome back. Welcome. <laughs> I'm John Grady Cole, and this is my story. I grew up on a ranch with a knife. Hey there, Cuthbert. But like, okay. But the other thing is, I would, I would, I would actually mm-hmm. pause and again, not to get fucking again into another heavy conversation about art and art criticism, but like, is that like, no? This is I, what happens when you drink too much champagne. The beginning is where the emphasis needs to be. Like, you need to basically make your fucking point in the beginning, and you not necessarily. To, you, you need to create a foundation, not necessarily grab from the get go. And it's and don't wrong. That's it's also... a lot to ask an audience to come along with you on a journey, uh-huh. but. 
if, if enough of a foundation, it should be enough to drag you along, which I think this book does. The whole series does. Well, actually, no, that's actually a really fantastic point because I would dare say that that was also a huge argument with like the fantasy genre, you mm-hmm. know, something that revolves the secondary yeah. world. Boy, that, that Glenn Cook book really failed from actually chapter one i liked the yeah i was gonna say the like book. the first chapters are actually oh my good, god man. i hate but like but like for example like that's something that always and i i don't i don't agree with this with the fantasy genre this is why i always have a problem with reading fantasy books is that something like this where like if you were to say like oh no rolling is is laying a foundation what did you just do it's part of the okay it's like laying a foundation you know Mm -hmm. it's like she needs to introduce you to the world she needs to get world set up and i'm like and i do not like world building it it's world building is fine but like world building in the sense where it's like the story is put on hold because i need to explain the world and that's that's really interesting that's something i didn't really like i hate bad world building Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that's that's the thing that J.K. Rowling succeeds at the most, that you learn about Diagon Alley and you learn about Hogwarts and the way she writes about it, like the way she writes about the sweets. I was thinking about writing a, an essay about how um, J.K. Rowling knows how to write about food to make you want it. And all this world building, I feel like it makes you wish you could be Harry. You wish you were like, people always make that joke about how, Oh, my owl got lost in the mail. People want to be in this world so badly. And that's because what she wrote that I would love to go to the wizarding world of not Harry Potter. I don't, I'm like, I don't go to theme parks. Fuck that. But I, if in reality, if, it turned out you were a wizard. Uh-huh. You'd want to go to Diagon Alley and have all these magical sweets. It's from a child's point of view. You see how amazing this new world is and how badly you wish it was real rather than your mundane real world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've seen bad world building. I hate bad world building. For me, and for me, and it's, it's, it's just always been where I don't, I don't like exposition. Like and it's kind of like a weird thing to say because like all stories require exposition, but mm-hmm. like exposition, exposition Daniel wants denim only needs to be eloquent and organic. And no, like I, and it's bad all... exposition is is enough to ruin anything. And it's and it's always been my thing. And like I don't know, again like oh, fucking Jesus, that's another like thirty minute conversation yeah, there, about there, exposition and whatnot. There's hating. There's, there's hating being thrown into a situation and someone shouting at you all that you need to know, and then there's um walking before running. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm trying to think up of something else. Oh, uh, I do want to say Gabriel, and maybe at some Who? point when we take a break, you, uh, co-host of the show, Gabriel. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, is that like you? You have uh, actively very much said that you don't like the fantasy genre. I mean, oddly enough, because like usually you this say is, that this about me, and fantasy. I disagree. Well, like like this is fantasy, for example, and you like yeah. it, but like but you don't like Tolkien. Uh, yeah. Glenn Cook, but of course that's understandable. I blame Tolkien. I think it's the writing. And and like you also don't like Game of Thrones. That's n- that's not Game of Thrones' fault. Wh- whose fault is it? My ex girlfriend's. Oh well. <laughs> I've told that story on air. Yeah, I know, no, you have, but it's like I loved season one. All right, well, if you you did, yeah. Oh my god, I love that for oh, season one. Well, season one's amazing. Start watching it again. Because I can't. It makes me too angry. Get, get a get a girlfriend who who likes Game of Thrones and be like be like. Find me one. Okay. Get on it here. Oh, <laughs> she's kind of rusty. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a glove covered in Vaseline. <laughs> so anyway, you wrote girlfriend on it in Sharpie. It, it has like a winking face drawn in <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> it's it's the it's like the mouth hand. It's a it's like Ice King's foot. 
like yeah, which has a face drawn. Anyway, yeah. but no, I do want to say is that I think the uh, the fantasy book that we can get that I that we can get into also gives me an excuse to kind of go back to it because I actually did enjoy it, but it's very long. Okay, uh, China Mieville's if that's how you say his name, Mieville. Uh, 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 Perdido Street Station. Sure, because that does. I'm always open to good fans. That is it, like because like so much about like like world building, character, and story mm-hmm. that that does very well. And that's also a book that also like does kind of like what I just said. I don't like where like the story's put on hold because we're describing the world a little bit. Yeah, but everything about that. It weirdly, it does so much things that I would say I don't like, but it does it and it does it very well. And mm-hmm. everything about that fucking book is compelling. Okay. The, the characters are so weird and Yay. interesting and everything like that. Anyway. So Gabriel, so Gabriel, enough about all his hair. Oh, no, actually, let's talk about one more thing. Gabriel, what's your goddamn hazy goddamn memory of fucking Harry Potter? <laughs> did, did you give your final thoughts? No. Well, I did. Well, I was Come talking on. about Perdita Street Station. Anyway. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> so in honor of our dear friend, Jonathan B. Hayes, we Jonathan have a segment Hayes. called Hazy Memories, hey. where we talk about, well, we're going to hang on to this book from years on out, mm-hmm. what we're going to hazily recall in our old age. Um, For Prisoner of Azkaban, I, I, I wish I... I didn't think about this book and think about how much more I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. Because that's a natural part of being a part of a series. But... um. I warned you against this book because I think the Time Turner stuff is very, very... I said the word hokey. I think I'm like... It's it's one of those things where I don't like fantasy. Like, you know, I, I like fantasy just fine. Yeah. I like fantasy like I like horror, where 99 out of 100 fantasy horror things are going to be shit, and one's going to be good, and I love that one. And where I'm like... Yeah, it's circles whatever turn around time travel terminator okay but if there's one the scene i think about more often than not about this movie about this book is uh the confrontation the shrieking shack where you got all the revelations that and lupin's teaching of harry because harry does not at any point get a better defense against a dark arts teacher i love lupin lupin's great everyone loves lupin a lot Mm-hmm. I, not, I love Lupin. Uh, Lupin loves me. He's a, a perfectly cast with David Thewlis too. I can't imagine what that would be like. He's great. David Thewlis is like a very underappreciated great actor. He's fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, Mad Eye Moody, who is the teacher in the next book, Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. He's great. And then Twist. I know it already. You do? Yeah, I was wicking this. David time. Tennant. What? And you don't know the twist. Um, was he played the guy who Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, we're not spoiling anything. Everyone, everyone's fucking, everyone fucking knows the stuff. If, thing, if, right? you, if you spoiled this for you, just hit like unsubscribe now. Yeah, Mad Eye Moody is not actually Mad Eye Moody. He's actually controlled. He's actually somebody else pretending to he's be Mad Eye Moody. David Tennant. Who's David Tennant? I actually don't know. I yeah. didn't know if that was David. Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, all these names. Um... Collie <laughs> DT. Alright, you good? Yeah. What are your hazy memories, Danny? Hey, hazy memories. Crookshanks cat. Science. I like Sorry. the cat. It's a. It was a great. Of course, depiction. you fucking like the cat. It, it was. It was this great thing about. Why did I not see that? About uh, the, the. It's a great depiction of a cat because it's a very smart, aggressive character who does his own thing. Uh, beloved by Hermione, uh, and also hated by people who don't like cats. That's everything Daniel wants to be. Loved by Emma Watson, Ribble, who does his own thing. Yeah, I. I can't imagine. Like you, I didn't know this going. That like uh, um. Uh, Daniel Ratcliffe kind of like grew up as like, as like a boy 
alcoholic, unfortunately. Yes, indeed. I, yeah, and like, in, just think about it's like, well, that makes sense because I can't imagine being a child growing up when people are like grotesquely obsessed with you. Yeah, and it's like. I can't imagine at all what it was like Emma being Emma Watson growing up. Yeah, poor thing. Because, like, you know, it's whatever, you know. Yeah. She's come out smelling like a daisy. She she does, but she's also not interested in making films. Uh, so, and that's kind of a thing where, like, where, like, nowadays I feel it is way more acceptable for people to kind of hit success early on and then just be like, I'm not interested in being working films. Yeah. I don't like She's that like Jamila Jamil. And what? Jamila Jamil? From the Good Place. Oh, it's a name I don't recognize. Like Good Place, you know I don't watch the fucking Good Place. It's so good. So, um, so there's that. I like Crookshanks. Um, also I had one more slight thing that I wanted to. I feel like that should be your like. I like Tars. Like I like (laughs) Crookshanks. Who does that? I like that was Eve. That was Eve. We were talking about interest. We had an old movie podcast where friend of the show (laughs) Ibrahim was talking about Interstellar. He's like, yeah. I like Tars. <laughs> fucking I fucking love Tars too. God bless you, Ibrahim. Thank we you. love you. Um, I don't know. There's something else I'll mention afterwards. But um, okay. No, hazy memories. I like that, and I like the um the stuff at the end with the dad. That's the stuff I'm always gonna remember. But the seeing himself as his own dad. That's pretty cool. But yeah, that was that was actually pretty cool. And again, depthful because pff, fucking mm. the rest of this shit wasn't depthful. Anyway, sure. So Gabriel, let's stop talking about Wizard School Part Three. Okay. And let's let's actually. What, what are we doing next next week? What what are we doing? I believe we're doing um East of Eden Part Two. East of Eden Part Two. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Better get reading. I know I do need to get reading. Um, and also we're gonna watch the stupid movie. Yeah, we are. Oh Jesus. Okay, so we're going to do that next week. What do we do after that? Are we returning to Strain 80 with... Well, actually, technically, we're still doing the Strain 80 next week. Yeah, well, then we'll roll. So, 102... Wait, no, we rolled. Didn't we do Catching the Rye? Well, yeah, we're going to do Catching the Rye. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be 102, most likely? I think so. And then after that, we're going to do All the Pretty Horses by Carly. We're going to We're going to read the Sutri. We're going to do Child of God. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway. So, uh, is that as far as we have mapped out two yeah. episodes? Guys, if you've if you've gotten this far in this in this episode, seriously, go fuck we yourself. We fly by the seat Jesus. of our pants. We're we're almost at the two hour mark in terms of the raw recording. It was a hundred hour episode. Hundredth episode. One hundredth episode. It's a hundred minutes. We long. do our thing. We're gonna get far. It's a hundred minutes plus twenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. go on. So Gabriel. 100 episodes looking back at this mm. huge legacy. We still have to play the Alan Smithy game. Well, we'll do that a little we'll, later, we'll maybe. We'll pause, we'll order food, and then while we wait for <laughs> food, we'll play the Very Alan hungry, game. yeah. Yeah, I haven't eaten. I had, I had one Tangelo today. I, I had an egg, and I had my Cracklin' Oat brand. I had one Tangelo Barksdale today. I, I see it. I see it. <laughs> I'm pointing over my head because above me are the... Additional eight boxes of crackling opium. If I was a cop, I would assume that's where you keep all of your drugs. All right, good luck with that because that's all fucking crackling opium. Because all the drugs are elsewhere. You're a bad cop. You just don't like me because I'm brown of skin. I don't like you because you don't because you eat that without milk. Hey man, milk is not good for you. That's very untrue. It's it's no, it's pretty true. Milk's um, good for a, you. There is this thing where like uh you know as well um all right I definitely talk about this about like Let's the whip off air. Okay, Jesus Christ. Well, it was a very interesting chugging argument. Chugging milk is bad for you. Ch- well, chugging milk is bad for you, but also milk is not actually uh is not acclimated to your system unless you're like a very specific kind come from a very specific background. Mm. So game. <laughs> Go on. So looking back at 100 episodes, what is there anything in particular that sticks out at you? 
sticks out at you. Is there anything about this? What's the positive way? What are you so positive? What's the? Is there anything about this you fondly remember? No. Good. It's been a hoot, Daniel. For a hundred yeah. episodes, um, our last show only made it up to like fifty. Like, and we never released episode fifty. Mm. Was it only an episode? Of 50? Yeah, we set the forty-nine. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So it's been a, honestly, my reading has been a way up. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh boy! It's been a hoot. And uh, yeah, uh, I've been definitely reading the books that I wouldn't have gone around to reading. Yeah, definitely. And all uh, those women you refuse to read because they're women. Because I'm a huge meninist. Yeah. Uh, just totally just like, no, men first. I don't believe in this kind of thing. If you have an X chromosome, you can't write a novel. Women belong in the woman person. Daniel, what was the favorite book you've read in everything we've done so far? How about, like, thinking about new book especially? New book. New book. Uh, no, that's a good question. I feel like I could have answered that if I had thought about it. Yeah, I should have. I should have. Um, no, no, I, Quick, I, pause I, the recording. Okay. Fuck, we're paused, dude. These fucking idiots don't actually know what it is. I mean, you can can enter this out, right? Memory doesn't really serve me right, but I think I really enjoyed Starship Troopers. Uh, Really? Was that you? I think, yeah, no. I think I really, because I love the idea that it's not a, it wasn't actually an action-adventure sci-fi kind of thing about, like, warfare. It was all about dudes philosophizing about war and why war is good. That's you. That's you to a T. That is 100%. Plus Carve is in it. What's that? Plus, Carve is in it. Carve? Carve. Oh, he played the soldier guy. Yeah, and about a Rico service. Anyway, we're back in. Okay. <clears throat> sure. Um, Home Going by Yad Jesse. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. Did so you I finish it yet? I haven't finished it yet. Jesus. I, I have it here. Oh, wait, did we decide that 101 is going to be you ca- like catching up on all the rest of the books? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be um, Home Going, West of Sunset, Oof. what else, part two? Clockers? I don't. Well, actually, I don't know if I brought clockers with These me. These are all books I suggested too. No, and they're a lot of them are long, except for Homegoing. Let's do Homegoing next week. Okay, that's fine by me. Uh, so next week is going to be Homegoing Part Three, which uh-huh. I'm actually going to get around to reading. Finally it. finished that, dude. Um, yeah, I know. I've really enjoyed it. I just hadn't gotten to completing it. Um, but uh, no, I'm trying to think what is my favorite besides that. Um... Everything I never told you. True. Oh, speaking of which, someone left a really uh, uh, awesome quote on uh, the We have slow some fan Instagram. mail. We have listeners. They're real. We have uh, listeners and everything like that. <sighs> someone listened to, last week we did our first episode of Fanzerkunst. Fanzerkunst. And, uh, and it, look, it was a lot of fun um, to do that because it, that's a series that means a lot to me. Especially That's my Harry Potter and Spider-Man and Star Wars growing up. Battle Angel Alita, sure. Uh, Battle Angel Alita, the comic show. The comic show. The comic uh, show. That was adapted to a movie by Rodriguez starring Rosa Salazar. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, so this person, I made a post on Instagram and uh, someone left this remark that I thought was really interesting. What's his name? Uh Ewan S. McKenzie. Yeah, buddy. We appreciate you. Uh, sorry if I pronounced your first name wrong. Um, good show. It seemed I agreed with the hosts on almost every point. BAA is my favorite manga of all time. Yes. Bye. Books 1 and 2 are the weakest. Thank you. Uh, Motorball is the best art. Thank Duh. you. Uh, Battle Angelita is a terrible title. Thought that for 25 odd years. Thank Glad someone you, agrees. Ewan. It's one of those things where like, yeah, like to be honest, going back, it's, it's always been an awkward title. Like I'd almost be embarrassed to say it out loud growing up. But me at this point, I'm just like, yeah, it's an awkward title. Deal with yeah. it. Um, the Dark Horse translation is much better than the new one. 
Correction. I, sh- I should say correction. Apparently that was Viz. Viz did it apparently. Viz did it. Yeah. Um, at least I think so. I've been actually trying to look up like the old books to see if they're available. You can get them on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. Jesus. Like where are your originals? So they're, they're not available. But No, like, where are your originals? Oh, apparently I traded them like uh, like a couple of years ago. You fool. Know. Yeah, I know. Well, I never thought it's like, can you imagine like two years from now you'd be like super fucking throttling for them? Again? Well, why would you give them away? They're your favorite. Well, yeah, but I haven't touched them in, in forever. It's like oh, the KonMari, uh, 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 KonMari, KonMari. Uh, kind of like thing about saying like if it's something that like you've had and you've been bringing around but you haven't touched. It didn't really spark you joy. joy. It didn't. It stopped sparking me joy. Now it sparks me joy again, and I wish I didn't get you rid fucked of it. up. Fuck you, Ma- the fucked up Kondo, you devil woman. Koji Kondo. So uh, go on. Uh, Gally, better than symbol. Alita. I agree. I don't agree. I like, I like Golly better than Alita. Uh, for me, I, I Alita agree. sounds like trying too hard. For me, the name is Alita, so like anything else is kind of like it's like no, that's not the name. So mm-hmm. that, and that's just that's growing up with the name. It's like Battle Angel Alita, you know. Sure. Um, note the gun from the picture actually makes appearance in Mars Chronicle. Hey, enjoy the discussion. Hope there's a follow up on the motorball arc. And that's the end of the message. You know what's coming up, Yoan. Thank you for writing into us. It's fucking coming up, dude. Like, don't you... you, you he did a comment about the face thing. Yeah, I know. And I'm pretty sure, again, I think it is very weird. I mean, uh, you're, that, you're that, seeing a face where there's there a There is 100% of face there. That there's is... a face in that hangar. What? No. The gun has no. an actual robot fucking face it's on it. It's only kind of it a is, face. It is organic and it wrapping around her arm because it's alive. It's ah. a cybernetic thing. And it has a gun. It has a face. And Gabriel over here is just like, I don't see it. I don't know. I don't see it. I We're love, getting El Pollo Loco. I love shoving egg rolls up my butt. I do. That's Gabriel saying. <laughs> it tickles. So Gabriel, is that the end of the show? Should yeah, we... that's the end of okay, it. Okay, so plug. Let's plug. Gabriel. Ladies and gentlemen, please follow me on Instagribbles at read. That's a word read, like reading books. Dot Richards. But most importantly, um... Coming up soon is the actual event. It is going to be the Donor Dash. Um, it's a um, it's a 5K made to raise money for organ and tissue donation in Eastern Pennsylvania, where we're from. Our friends, um, Noelle Snyder and uh, her cousins and her mother, they're all running to raise money for tissue donation and organ donation in the name of our dear friend Ryan Snyder, who passed away last year. So please check out the link. You didn't put it last time, Daniel. Check oh, out the yeah, sorry. yeah thing. Way to fucking go. So check out the link down below. It's happening on Sunday, April fourteenth. So it's coming up very soon. Please, if you can, donate some money to this cause. It's a wonderful thing. We all love Ryan. We all miss him very much. Yeah. Well, don't forget donate to that cause, as Gabriel said. Yar. Very important. You can follow me on Twitter at Topcon Radio. You can follow me on Instagram at Slow Readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you can buy my fiction that is all available off of the Amazon store, <clears throat> uh, including Shadow from the Deep. And also, I repackaged a lot of like the little loose things that are around in a little collection called Fictions Bordering on the Fantastic, nice. which are all available uh, right now. And also, very, very soon, hopefully, in the last month, it's been a struggle because again like i have so much shit going on that it's hard to not have this a priority i'm in the last month of completing a fucking uh actual like novel which is going to be very soon a cook in the kingdom it's going to be completed and it's going to be put out on its own um uh very soon hopefully in the last month of it uh that's going to come out i'm kind of like super anxious about it so yeah (laughs) 
Hey, yeah. I believe in you. And uh, and that is the end of the uh, episode hundred. Sure, episode one hundred. Holy shit, Gabriel! Do you have any opinions on doing a hundred episodes of this bullshit? Um, I didn't think we'd make it this far. You didn't? No. Okay. I thought we. I thought one of us would bail. Yeah, man. Like, look. Let me tell you something. If I had another option, I would totally. Do I fucking give up? Is this the last episode? Yeah, I mean, it could be every episode. By the way, every every episode could be the last. You never know. We just gotta like be like, dude. Do you hate this as much as I do? Yeah, guys. Honestly, go on to Instagram, mm-hmm. message slow readers, or go on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe the show. And if we get enough one star reviews, <laughs> we'll stop doing the show forever. Yes, we will stop. If if Gabriel's opinion on the fucking Hobbit mm-hmm. it irritates you guys so much, if you give us enough one star reviews, we will stop doing the show. Yeah, that's if it. If we get one hundred one star reviews. We'll stop doing this show. Yes. And, and if you... <laughs> for multiple reasons. <laughs> like, uh, okay. If we are, if we are 100% stabbing the dragon in the butt with a fork. Yep. You know, and, and yeah. But no, you know what? We're a men of our word. Yeah. We gotta do it. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Give them the stars. I'm already thinking of ways to, to get around that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if mathematically 52 star reviews don't count, it has to be 100 one star reviews. Yeah, dude. Like, like if if there was ninety nine. If someone is so mad at us, they make a bot to give us one hundred one star reviews. Then that's a victory in itself. You know, that's that's impressive. Kids these days, they can do anything. We made an enemy. We made an enemy. Fuck that dude. Yeah, fuck that guy. Except Johnny No Thumbs, who I think I'm starting to appreciate. I his love reviews. that guy. He's our friend. He's a friend. He's a dear friend. I mean, hopefully, he's still listening to the show. And and and. As per usual, these guys are the best. I mean, look, I, I'm glad that he was able to, he, he actually reached out and like listened to us and like gave us feedback and that he, he's truly a person who appreciates like all that art criticism we were having in the middle of this. Yeah. Like he's this someone a wild episode. who believes in that, you know? True. Yeah. Truce. So Gabriel. All right. Uh, I'm really hungry. Cool. See you guys next week. And then hopefully in episode 200. In episode 101, Homecoming. Homegoing. Part, part two three. by Yajin. Part three. Part three by Yaw Jesse. That's it for the show. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com.